0: Salutations! Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister and my brother-in-law.
1: Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez.
0: Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from the Bramford discussing the 1968 horror classic Rosemary's Baby. This film was written and directed by Roman Polanski based on the novel of the same name by Ira Levin, Against the backdrop of shifting ideologies and the evolving culture of the 1960s, Rosemary's Baby provides audiences with a plot rich in paranoia of the occult and a commentary on society's unrealistic and harmful expectations of women and mothers. With brooding suspense, fantastic performances, and an unforgettable ending, this film has proven incredibly influential to the genre and is widely considered a horror classic. This film is recommended to us by friends of the show and patrons Jordan Miller, Georgie Jones and Bobby Holmes. We'd like to thank all three of you for your continued support of the show, as well as this suggestion. So, Rosemary's Baby. What were your first impressions on the film?
2: Uh, I remember. I know I've seen this once. I can't remember when I seen it. I know I had to be fairly young. Mm -hmm. So this was. I don't want to say pretty much a fresh watch, but I there was a lot of things I didn't remember. Yeah. it's not bad. It's all right. I I won't say that I shit.
3: Not bad.
2: Yeah, it, it's not bad. It's not a. I I I don't want to say it's not my bag, but it's not the whole bag. <laughs> okay. Like it's in the bag. Uh-huh. But it's not
3: the bag. Like I'm buying yeah. other things too. Yeah, it's an accessory. <laughs> it's
2: not a. I mean, it's it it is a good movie, and I it's it's a little long for me. Right. Um. And I won't even say long as in there. I just feel like some things didn't need to last as long as they did.
0: And I can understand that. Um,
2: but I mean, other, th- other than some scenes, like I said, that could, I feel like could have been a little shorter or maybe didn't need to be there or whatever. Um, it's not a bad movie. If you've never seen it, I'd at least give it a watch once. You know what I mean? Whether mm-hmm. you enjoy it or not. Um, but I mean, it wasn't bad. I didn't. I don't
0: dislike the movie. I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> As I was watching it and preparing my script, I all I was thinking was, we talk about slow burn horror a lot, mm-hmm. yeah. And this to me felt like the final boss for JP. <laughs> no, uh, it was like,
2: uh, <laughs> well, 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 I know we're gonna get into it, but like there was a portion of this movie where I was just fucking laughing my ass right. off, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I don't remember this shit at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest, I was just like, holy shit. Um, but like I said, it's not a bad movie, but it it, it isn't it isn't something that. I'm used to, you know what I mean? Fair. Uh, But it's not a bad movie.
1: So I was positive that I had seen this. Mm -hmm. And when I was watching it for the show, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen this (laughs) before. It's one of those movies where I feel like it's so ingrained and it's been like mimicked
0: so many times or
1: referred to so many times. Like I think of that, (laughs) that one episode of Roseanne. I knew. (laughs) He's already shaking (laughs) his
0: head. I knew you were going to say that. I knew that.
1: I mean, of course, but um it is a slow burn Mm -hmm. and i am queen of the slow burn i love me a slow burn i'm fine with the slow burn this one i think it's what like 215 two hours something like that yeah it's long as fuck and there are areas where it does feel like it's dragging a Mm -hmm. little bit but I feel like the payoff that you get, again, even knowing what's going to happen, because I'm sure if you haven't seen Rosemary's Baby in 2022, you already know what the fuck happens at right, the end of right. Rosemary's Baby.
0: You know what's interesting about her baby? Oh yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's not a regulation baby. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but it the payoff is still so satisfying, and there are some scenes that were incredibly disturbing, mm. and I was surprised that this is 1968.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that even up to and including a lot of the subject matter. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. You're like Paramount released this yeah. in nineteen sixty eight. It seems like something that you would have to like fucking meet somebody on the street exactly. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have in the trench coat. yeah.
2: Yeah. And I do real quick and I, I'm I, I do wanna say, and there was one thing that I did that did bother me in the movie. I want to apologize to to about guy because I know there is men out there like her husband yes. in this movie, and I'm so sorry that people have to deal with men like that because I fucking hate
1: Guy. I'm like I was, I, yeah. Oh no, yeah. I was. The
2: I majority was majority of the film. I was very like angry about that and i was like oh my god i can't believe that there are people like this I was oh like, this? yeah and i know it was what 68 yeah i get it times have changed but there are still people i'm sure like that
0: and i feel like that's intentional is almost like a commentary on the shifting dynamics right <laughs> and that's funny to me because he begins seemingly kind and affable yeah yeah seemingly mm-hmm. and then it just devolves and you're like this guy fucking yeah. sucks yeah, no, dude
1: oh no yeah yeah he's the real villain like i know that <laughs> yeah. the, de-
0: the
2: actual a bad rap yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really the is guy okay um but-
2: <laughs> well he's just a baby you can't blame him yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh i really do i i i was very impressed by this film like i said already knowing what's going to happen it wasn't like i got the rug pulled out from under me or anything mm-hmm. but watching like the journey to get to that point and i think even especially watching it as a woman mm-hmm. and as a mother it probably hits a little different or a right. little harder mm-hmm. because there were moments like i said i was fuming for a lot of this I'm like sure. i was fucking pissed and
2: maybe that's what it was watching it as a husband and a father yeah. i was You're like, like what, what the fuck fuck are you doing well, yeah. i can
0: also <laughs> say that watching it as some guy was also
1: <laughs> i was also pissed
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no i i knew that i was gonna like it but i think that i do appreciate it even more than I thought I was going to. Mm. I did leave with a few questions. I don't know if maybe collectively we can figure them out and answer them, but I did have a few questions that wasn't completely satisfying, completely satisfied by the film. Uh I don't don't know how to speak. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I was super impressed by it. Even um, just visually, I'm a sucker for like a long take. Yeah, And there's a bunch of them in this. I'm always impressed by like always Mm. but the the episode of sunny i'm just (laughs) impressed by by the long take period
0: yeah
1: um so that was satisfying yes but no i did i enjoyed it a lot and i can see why it's regarded as such a classic because i mean even the themes Mm -hmm. and what i took to be a lot of symbolism like you said it was you know kind of an allegory for the times yeah you fucking feel it i mean i don't know Mm. if it was as blatant in the 60s but watching it kind of no, yeah. far removed it's like fuck
0: you wonder how much is embedded in it and how much comes from what the author's intention was in the novel yeah i read most of the novel and it is so fucking close well, that it's ridiculous oh, really? i read yeah. that it's oh, nice. literally
1: like dialogue is oh yeah plot like it's very faithful
0: i watched the movie and then i started reading the novel and i'm like i feel like i'm watching the movie again <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think in an interview ira levin had said that he didn't because this is the first american film roman polanski ever made mm-hmm. and it was the first adaptation that he ever did and so ira levin said i don't know that he knew he could change things ah uh, <laughs> uh, well Be- and he it didn't is, need to no yeah, I, yeah. i'm glad he that didn't. he didn't um Personally, I think this is such an incredible film for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. This there's something about the late 60s and through the entire 70s as far as tone and feel of films that just right. They just hit for me. I don't know.
1: Anthony Jerome just turned this
0: yeah, off.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm am sorry Anthony.
2: I I I I agree with you on that and I I think to a point. Okay. Because I feel like every time we get into a movie that's set in like the 60s or 70s men are dicks oh they are oh absolutely. and i yeah. i don't know how much i could have i could deal with somebody from that time and uh-huh. then being like look at that broad and it's like no dude <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about it's like what was i that- don't know why they're mobsters <laughs> i was gonna say yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you or know, chief know what i mean yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> wait but we like chief clancy wouldn't do that yeah. <laughs> all right no Never. not <laughs> But you know what I'm saying, right? Of course, yeah. It's it's just weird. I
0: think that's what makes it difficult is it's like, well, you know, the tone and the feel of it and the the visuals, the way that the cinematography is, you love it, Uh but then you're like, God damn, the politics at the time. Oh, yeah. It's it's just, Yeah, it's garbage. Uh, But one thing that I will say, and again, it speaks to the time as well, anything with the devil, I'm intrigued. Yeah, no, for sure. You know? Mm -hmm. And this film really sets the stage for what would come later with The Exorcist, also The Omen, you kind of get this feel that okay. like this opened the door for these. For yeah, sure. Because yeah. The Exorcist was like, I'll see you here. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take it to the next yeah. level. Yeah. Oh, you got a baby? Yeah. Check this like, shit uh, out. <laughs> but it was kind of a surprise to me to learn, because I watched a few documentaries on Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. that in the beginning stages, it was William Castle that was involved first. Really? Yeah. And he's the one that bought the rights to the book. And William Castle, for those who aren't aware... Uh, was a B-horror director. Yeah. He directed House on Haunted Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, The Tingler, if I'm not mistaken, tons of stuff. But the funny thing about him is that he got into gimmicks. Right. Like he would put times and shit on the film screen. I don't know why I call it a film screen. (laughs) 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 On the, you know, where you see the movie. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) He would put times there and say like, you know, if this is too scary for you now, you can go and leave and get a refund. Or he would like fucking send skeletons sailing through the theater and shit. Like he was a gimmicky yeah, yeah. I love
1: that show. Yeah, yes.
0: I was say. Just the cool... and s- some stuff that I would love for them to bring back. Right. Yeah. right. Like on uh, when they when Stab premiered and they right. put the- <laughs> <laughs> But the thing was is that he brings it to Robert Evans, who is at Paramount. And of course, because of all this stuff, William William Castle kind of has a reputation. And so material like this, he really doesn't want William Castle to direct it because it's not what the material calls for right right and if he did direct that this would be a very different oh, movie yeah. or Sounds maybe like he yeah. would
1: find new footing in a True. more serious you know maybe oh, he could have taken really- the opportunity like everybody was just like Will-
0: william castle, castle. Yeah. <laughs> the honest thing about it is that this could have been the first foray into a movies exactly yeah. and yeah. then he has a grand career after yeah. That. yeah, it
1: just really felt like the consensus was that the film was too good for william Ca- like that oh. yeah it just Just kind of made me sad. It makes me sad
0: for him because he was sad as well. Yeah. Yeah. But because he's the one that found it, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And so he goes ahead and he's like, okay, and he accepts the role as a producer. But Robert Evans is very intrigued by a young director that's coming up named Roman Polanski. He's young, he's artistic, and he has what he thinks he needs to make Rosemary's baby what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And so he gets in contact with Roman Polanski, but he does it under the guise of telling him that he's going to be directing a film about skiing all right (laughs) it sounds weird yeah ski patrol yes (laughs) (laughs) he apparently was like super into skiing and so he knew that was what exactly would get him right and so he brings him into the office and he's like okay so we have this but we also have this that i want you to read first yeah and it's rosemary's baby okay got him yeah yeah. and so he reads it he like falls in love with it he reads it in a day Mm. and then he's on like that's it that's all that he needed and of course it becomes this massive success which is honestly for the Quality of the film, it's not surprising. Right, right. For the content of the film at the time, it's very surprising. Just as I'm surprised whenever I hear that The Exorcist was a a fucking box office success. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't think that the sensibilities of the people at the time would accept it. But also comes in line with the subject matter is the idea that the film is cursed. Yeah, And we'll kind of touch on those as we go, because there's a ton of things Mm -hmm. that a lot of people attribute this curse to. But there is one thing that we kind of can't get away from talking about, because it needs to be said.
1: That he's fucking disgusting? Yeah, that Roman (laughs)
0: Polanski is a scumbag piece of shit. Yeah. And it's difficult, because two things can be true. And one is that Rosemary's Baby is an amazing film, and the other is that Roman Polanski is an absolute monster. Right. Mm -hmm.
2: I know this happened what 10 years after the movie Mm -hmm. it did but it's still pretty bad yes
1: yeah no it's horrible i only knew like the bare bones Mm -hmm. of it and so i was kind of doing more research to be more educated on it and um i mean obviously it's not really appropriate to talk about here
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah
1: it is appalling
2: right oh no yeah the
1: fact that he instead of you know taking any kind of accountability or responsibility, he fled yeah. mm-hmm. and is still fleeing. Yeah. Like, he's still gone. He's yeah.
0: a fugitive. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. What
1: the, f- like, how does this happen? I was just, I could not fucking believe it. How
0: yeah. How can this happen as a fugitive? He won an Oscar. Like, yeah. I,
1: oh <laughs> like I don't even,
0: I don't understand. I just no, can't. Not at all. I no, it's awful. It hurts my heart to yes. even think about. But I think you're right that it would be very difficult to pivot from discussing that to fucking laughing about. Right. The the fun things that uh, are coming.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The fun things to come. Yeah. But yeah, it does have to be addressed because, I mean, it taints everything he's ever done. Yeah. Even beforehand, because like you said, John Paul, this was before.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But
1: still, when I see Rosemary's baby, I think Roman Polanski, I think what he did. Uh huh.
0: And hey, maybe someday we can talk about it on. Now this is the distant future, right? When things are you know more you know cashy cashy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> uh, Pod Mortem, a true crime podcast. Yes. Speak
1: it into existence. I would
0: love that, please. But through all the research we did do on the case and everything, I will say that after looking at Roman Polanski, mm-hmm. the devil. Is yeah. Not. <laughs> not. <laughs> so not, <that>. not <laughs> Now, before we deliver this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's celebrate the year one. So the film begins with a haunting lullaby as we see the opening credits in bright pink cursive against a panning shot of the New York City skyline. I read that Mia Farrow is actually singing this lullaby. It's creepy as hell. It gets stuck in my head as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I was literally in the shower on the way. Oh, I wasn't in the shower on the way over oh, yeah. here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous. Like,
0: How the hell did you do that? <laughs> don't shower and drive. Uh, but <laughs> I was singing it in the shower, absentmindedly and I'm like, "Ooh, I don't." Yeah, <laughs> don't be doing that. The music in the film is done by a guy called Christoph Kameda. And he did music for other films of Polanski's. And I also read that he had done like 30 or 40 fucking... Damn. uh, Scores. Oh, wow. Before this. Damn. But in our first little entrance of this idea of a curse, Christoph Kameda died the year after this film came out. And we'll talk about his manner of death later because it is suspiciously similar to a way another character dies. Right. Yeah. In this movie, but curses uh, yeah
1: i mean i believe in everything right (laughs) (laughs)
3: we
2: we all know this Uh but
1: i know on the cursed films i think on the poltergeist episode Mm -hmm. they talked about it and i really felt the impact of it when we did twilight zone the movie right Mm -hmm. it's very dismissive of the tragedies that happen because then now we're not talking about this man that died—we're right, talking right. about—it's because he did the score for Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. It's like, no, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna touch on Charles Manson because uh-huh. th- that is a factor here. Coming right. up shortly, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, I saw that a lot of people were equate or comparing that, or you know, saying that this was the reason for that. I, we'll get to it, but it's. Pretty upsetting that you can diminish somebody's life to well, they shouldn't have been married to someone who made a movie about this. That's crazy.
0: It's like, are you really blaming? Yeah.
1: The fuck out of here.
0: But we then get the title, Rosemary's Baby. The panning continues, as do the credits, until the camera settles on an overhead shot of an incredible gothic Victorian building. Now, this building the exteriors that are used for the film is the Dakota in New York City, but it'll take a different name for this film as we'll go on. Mm-hmm. Countless stories of this building, but most notoriously, this is where John Lennon lived in the mid to late 70s yeah. to about 1980 All right. when he was unfortunately killed outside of this building. And it's a very odd intersection between Rosemary's Baby, Charles Manson, mm-hmm. the Beatles, the Beatles. When you know about the, hel- the song Helter, Helter Skelter, Skel- right. yeah. that supposedly inspired fucking Charles Manson to commit with the murders he did. And then you know that Mia Farrow was in India with the Beatles when they got the idea to expand their musical output and yep. the styles of it. Right. And then it's just very odd. Sometimes there's odd coincidences. It's yeah, b- yeah. I mean,
1: it, it. again, I'm the resident, I believe it. Yeah. That's just who I am as a person. So, I mean, it is weird to think that fate would tie this all up in a bow. I mean... the building, and then John Lennon, and then the helter skelter thing, and then Charles Manson's family right, right. murdered Roman Polanski's wife, Sharon Tate. Mm. It is all very fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I just think it's totally diminishing to be like, well, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah. it's because of that
1: fucking movie. Yeah. It's like, no, it's it's, not. It's, like, it's
2: yeah, not. it's just like, it's too much.
0: Yes. It's like, yeah. come on. It's like, wait, wait, so the movie that she wasn't even in yet? She yeah. wasn't
2: even in. <laughs> she wasn't even in it.
0: The novel that wasn't even written. No. Right. In 19. 19- 1966 or whenever when they went to India,
1: it's it's unbelievable. Yeah,
0: there's like there's a lot. It's just it's I don't know, but it's interesting to me because in the novel they mention the Dakota as a building that kind of looks like this, right, right. And then they use the Dakota in the film, Mm -hmm. right. I thought that was interesting. But at the entrance of the building, we see Mister Nicholas, played by Alicia Cook Jr., greeting and shaking the hands of Rosemary and Guy Woodhouse, played by Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes, respectively. Alicia Cook Jr. played Watson Pritchard in the original House on Haunted Hill. Oh, shit. And that's William Castle. All right. So I'm assuming that's So he's yeah, like yeah. Chris
1: Kattan's like grandfather. Or
0: like- <laughs> he pulled the rope. Yeah. <laughs> but Mia Farrow was cast because I think they were looking at a few people. I know Tuesday Weld was one of them, but she was actually married to Sinatra at the time of mm-hmm. filming, and he was not a fan of her being in this
1: he didn't want her to be in anything from what I had read. He wanted her to stop acting. Why? And so I don't know. He's fucking Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Okay. Yeah. Well, the mob still exists. Yeah. <laughs> so, so calm down. I mean,
1: uh, she, women working outside the home. What the fuck's wrong with me? A Pharaoh. Um, but, uh, I just wanted to mention that also up for this was, um, Sharon Tate of course Jane Fonda and Goldie Hawn interesting wow, I really fucking love Goldie <laughs> Hawn yeah. I,
0: I will say that there are a lot of aspects of Mia Farrow's performance that I really really like mm-hmm. but then there are some line readings I <laughs> 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 but I feel like the way that the lines are written I don't think they could have gotten a good bri- uh, y- yeah. line reading out of anyone
1: probably not I feel like she plays Rosemary as so childish
0: yes yeah that
1: some of the because when you watch this, you're screaming at the screen. Mm-hmm. For oh yeah, part of it in frustration mm-hmm. oh, toward yeah. Rosemary, and I feel like the childishness with which she plays this kind of gives her a pass. Okay, when if another woman played it, it might be like, "Bitch, like you yeah. fucking
2: know better than that." Oh no, that's that was me. I was like, <laughs> "You still know better." Fuck, I was like, "Oh man." No, there's moments. Yeah.
0: Speaking of Sinatra, though, I think that the production on this film ran long because she was supposed to be in a movie with him called The Detective, Sinatra. So she can
1: work? Yeah, Yeah,
0: it's got to be with with him. (laughs) But of course, she doesn't get to be in that film because this production ran so long. Mm -hmm. And so he served her with divorce papers while they were filming.
1: I from what i i don't know if, you know it was yeah. judged up to be more dramatic but i read that she got them in front of the whole like yeah. cast and crew what the and the fuck? devil was there and the yeah. devil showed up <laughs> he was pissed Yeah, he was like, mm-hmm. um,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> but she had wanted to quit because that was why he right was divorcing her mm-hmm. but they guaranteed her that she would get an academy award for this and so she continued she did not
0: wow. she didn't get an academy no. award for this <laughs> but i mean fuck Frank, yeah. <laughs> be careful. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, I have to talk about John Cassavetes as well, because he was a director in his own right, uh-huh. which kind of, they started off very friendly, him and Roman Polanski, Right. and then as it goes on, they kind of get into these spats, because he's also a director, mm-hmm. and Polanski is also an actor, Yeah. so uh-huh. it's like, you've got these, you know, ideas yeah. of yeah. how things should go. He
2: doesn't want him to be a really hands-on kind of <laughs> yeah,
0: guy, <right>? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I will say that I, I feel, I don't know exactly how much it is, but I feel a very big age difference between the two of them, right? Yeah.
1: Well, again, I feel like her childishness really adds to that. Like mm-hmm. every time, it's like a little girl. A lot of the times when she says stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I did hear that up for the part as well were Robert Redford, who I think would have been great. Oh mm-hmm. wow! And of course,
1: your boy <laughs>
0: Jack mickelson
2: <laughs> No, I <can't> no, <laughs> I
1: love him so much. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the. I can't remember the exact quote that I read, but that they apparently I mean he just has that crazy
3: energy yeah
0: so we're gonna have a baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh my god I'm you're obviously <laughs> <laughs> you're threatening me <laughs> yeah I'm scared but uh they they eventually got to work together on Chinatown yeah which if you haven't seen Chinatown I haven't fucking watch Chinatown right. but As Mr. Nicholas leads them into the building, he makes small talk, learning that guy is an actor and asking if he's seen him in anything. Guy jokingly refers to Rosemary as Liz saying that he was in Hamlet and the Sandpiper, but he's corrected by Rosemary who says that he was recently in Luther. Nobody loves an albatross and a ton of TV shows and commercials.
1: If you don't remember what he was in, don't worry <laughs> yeah. because <You> are. <laughs> Rosemary's his fucking agent. Apparently yeah. she's going to tell you that exact same way about three more times.
0: Yeah. It upsets me to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like she had like, she has it canned. Yeah. yeah. It's a response. But to explain the Liz bit, um, the films that he's listing, Hamlin and the Sandpiper, those are films by that starred Richard Burton, mm-hmm. who was married to Elizabeth Taylor at the time. And oh. so that's the joke he's doing. I bet this joke hit in 68. They're like, oh <laughs> my God. God. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this
0: dude's so fucking yeah. funny. <laughs> 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 but they all step onto an elevator and are greeted with a smile by Diego, the elevator operator played by Derville Martin. Now, Derville Martin he, after this, would go on to appear in a lot of black exploitation films.
1: Oh, badass.
0: I want to see a lot of the films that are listed because they mm-hmm. star a lot of cool people that I enjoy. Yeah. But he directed Dolomite.
1: Oh, Holy
3: nice.
0: shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I thought that was amazing. But- Nicholas starts giving them a history lesson of the building and how all the apartments have been divided up from larger ones. 7E, the one that they're about to look at, has everything you would expect. But when he brings up a second bedroom, he asks if they have children. Rosemary says that they don't, but they plan to, which is good because otherwise the title wouldn't make sense. (laughs) But uh, they head into the hallway and a handyman looks like he's sizing up guy for a fight for some reason. Yeah, I am
1: also sizing up.
0: (laughs) Well, not yet. Where I, at this point, I was like, dude, that Liz Taylor joke was (laughs) fucking.
1: I love this guy.
0: Emptied your fucking pipe. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) But Nicholas leads the way, and as Rosemary and Guy notice and shrug off some broken tiles on the floor, he tells them that Mrs. Gardenia, the previous tenant of the apartment, passed away just a few days ago. Thankfully, it didn't happen in the apartment itself. She was in a coma for a few weeks in the hospital but her son is willing to part with some of the furniture at a fair price if they're interested.
1: Well, they were like, did she die in here? Not that it makes a difference. I'm like, what
0: the fuck? Well, the apartment's really nice. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's rent controlled. It is rent controlled. That's all that matters. We hear, and this comes up a lot, at least Beethoven plays throughout this film, Mm -hmm. but this is the first time, and they hear it playing distantly as they walk inside. And it makes me laugh because... They don't even ask him again, but Nicholas is like, oh, she didn't die here. No, yeah, (laughs) not in the apartment. It's like, did she die in the apartment?
1: You're You're saying that a lot.
0: But the couple moves from a very nice kitchen into a room filled with plants. Rosemary remarking that Mrs. Gardenia must have loved gardening, too. But Rosemary notices a half-written note on a desk reading, I can no longer associate myself, dot, 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 because it doesn't, you know,
1: hmm yeah interesting unnerving
0: yeah i mean it could be innocuous right maybe she's breaking up with someone yeah
1: <laughs> i mean it, it finished the letter yeah. well
0: she got a, a coma <laughs> <laughs> she got a coma <laughs> it happened but before rosemary can raise any kind of red flag about that note nicholas continues describing the apartment's massive bathroom and how the room they're in would be perfect for a nursery Guy then redirects Rosemary's attention to the herbs, lamenting that none of them are marijuana before flushing a nearby toilet.
1: So he's funny and he's edgy? Yeah. Yeah, And he smokes? (laughs) Yeah. Come on, Guy. He's
0: a pretty cool dude. (laughs) Seems that way. It won't change, right? (laughs) I want to call out the production designer, Richard Silbert, uh, he was actually Polanski's first request whenever he got the job is to hire this man, mm-hmm. and he did amazing work on this. Yeah. yeah, all of the apartment interiors are sets. Oh wow, oh,
1: that's surprising. Yeah. yeah,
0: the only time that you see the building itself is when it's the exterior, and that's mm-hmm. when they filmed outside. Right, but every other apartment you see, huh? Yeah, had
2: me fooled. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was uh, built on the Paramount Studios lot, which I learned from Curse Films was built on a uh, graveyard. Yeah, (laughs) so that's (laughs) interesting. (laughs) I mean,
1: why not? not?
0: (laughs) Sure, but he had actually worked with Polanski for thirty days, going through the screenplay to try and figure out exactly how everything was going to look. And I think that they did brilliant. No, yeah. But as they make their way into the living room, Rosemary is in total awe of the apartment. Guy jokes that she's trying to get Nicholas to lower the rent. And Nicholas says that they would raise it if they could. Now, just this is a little anecdote. Whenever I was younger, I wanted to live in the Dakota building. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I looked up the rent. This is back when I had dreams and hopes. (laughs) And um, when I looked it up, all I saw was the figure. I saw $3,000. And I was like, okay, wow, $3,000 a month. That's not that bad to live in New York City. And then later on, I realized that it was $3,000 per square foot. Oh, wow. <gasps> yes, these apartments are millions of dollars.
2: Damn. Holy shit.
0: I will not be living in the No, th- no, no <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> but just then, Nicholas is puzzled by a massive secretary parked in the middle of a hallway that appears to be obstructing a closet door. Rosemary alerts them to the drag marks on the floor that led the secretary to where it currently sits. Guy helps Nicholas move the secretary back to its original spot. And obviously, Nicholas points out that Mrs. Gardenia couldn't have moved it on her own.
1: Maybe we just leave it there.
0: To block that? Yeah. Yeah. It's there for a reason. Why did she
1: do that? And then if it was just... Oh, she's old. She's whatever. Somebody had to
2: help her do right, that. Right, right.
1: That's and like scary to me. Yeah,
2: I was like, something sketchy. Already.
0: Yes, I don't need a towel like, closet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's fine. It's okay.
0: And I mean, she's risking ruining the floor to do it. Right. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I don't like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but inside that hidden closet are towels and a vacuum cleaner, which are odd things to cover up. But Nicholas writes it off as maybe Mrs. Gardenia was senile
1: senile and strong as fuck yeah yeah that makes sense
0: well the super serum yeah i don't know the side effects but after completing the tour rosemary and guy walked together on the street weighing the pros and cons of the apartment with guy eventually relenting to purchase it if they can get out of their current lease
1: so i i in my notes i was like so Next time I need to make a gigantic life altering purchase, mm-hmm. all I have to tell John Paul is, Oh, please.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's all she said and He's like, All right. Nah, you got it. <laughs> I, I feel like it's got to be a status thing. I don't know where they're living right now, but if you live in that apartment, yeah. you're kind of the shit now. Oh, right? yeah. But we then cut to a kitchen where Hutch, their friend and reference for the apartment application, played by Maurice Evans, pulls dinner out of the oven, joking that he was tempted to torpedo their chances of getting the apartment. But instead, he decided to lie and say that they're good people. (laughs) (laughs) From this, I was like, I like Hutch. Yeah. Yeah. But Hutch says that he wishes they wouldn't take the apartment after all. Guy tries to change the subject immediately, pointing out that dinner looks great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what's that about? Yeah. yeah. But Hutch continues. He says that Bramford had a terrible reputation at the turn of the century and acted as home to the Trench Sisters who were child murdering cannibals, Adrian Marcado, a self-proclaimed witch who claimed to have conjured the devil, as well as Keith Kennedy and Pearl Ames and we don't really learn what they did. Right. Yeah. But I guess the first two were pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: guess. It's bad enough that we don't need elaboration. I guess change in the mood, man. Yeah, right? we're all excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I was like, "What is this? The Cecil Hotel? Yeah, dude, <laughs> or the Dolphin Hotel? Seriously, or the Lasser Glass? There's a lot of, or the Amityville." Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just crazy to me. This dude knows so. I was like, "Did you research this building?" Yeah. Yeah. he knew names and times, and I was like,
0: "How long did you know before? Yeah. You know?" But Hutch says that Mercado was actually attacked and killed in the lobby of the Bramford. Guy says that he knew some of the building's history, but he and Rosemary are shocked to learn the rest. As they eat, Hutch shares that the building was even called Black Bramford due to its dark history.
1: Bamalam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> no, that's great. That's
0: fantastic. Am I the only one and I feel like maybe I'm just not the smartest person, but this intrigues me and I would kind of want to live there.
1: I mean yes and no. On paper, yes, but I feel like when it's nighttime and it's (laughs) quiet and
0: it's dark. Mr. Marbles? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: All right, fair enough. I
1: think on paper it sounds really badass, but when you're actually there and I I'd be scared, I think. That's true.
0: You're like when you're at a party with your friends, you're like and he (laughs) died, dude?
1: (laughs) Right fucking there.
0: (laughs) But then at night. But Rosemary writes it off, saying that every building probably has some kind of troubled past. But Hutch says not at the rate of the Bramford.
1: Okay, Hutch. Yeah. <laughs> we already said we're buying it.
0: It's a little late. I-, I will admit, though, he has like a very fatherly kind of.
1: He does. You know. Right.
0: And it makes me feel like, as- especially as this movie continues, I'm like, at least someone's looking out. Yeah. One person. Yeah. yeah. But hutch then tells a story of a dead infant that was found wrapped in newspaper in the basement which is totally proper dinner conversation
1: yeah <laughs> he's like not past the mashed potatoes <laughs> like, fuck dude
0: it does it makes me think about this conversation i had whenever i worked in my mop with you guys <laughs> and our, our friend angelica we were talking because bath salts were in the news <laughs> That's right. I All right. <laughs> and there was a guy. Well, th- the bath salts were making people eat each other. It was a whole thing. But there was a guy. <laughs> you had to be there. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: It was a time. It was a place. And there was a guy sitting right, right next to us with his wife, and he was eating like strawberry pancakes. And it was just not the right combination of things. But he turned to us and he was like, "Hi!" Hey! We were like, "Too far. All right. <laughs> We've gone too far." That's on us. Yeah, that's our bad, and uh, we didn't do it again. But. <laughs> The Woodhouses do not heed Hutch's advice. As we see in the next scene, they're bringing the last of their belongings into apartment 7E. They dig into a box to retrieve a couple of plates to eat takeout on the floor, and they overhear their neighbor talking through the walls, asking her husband named Roman for some root beer.
1: I was like, that's going to be a problem because yeah. that's yeah. loud as fuck. But also bring me a root beer. T- yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have all our stuff yet. Also, I'm sorry, but an apartment this expensive, I understand that this was one big apartment broken down. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't be able to hear any of that. Yeah. Plain oh, as day. No, like, no. every word. Uh-oh. It's like they're in the room with me. Yeah. <laughs> but curiously, Rosemary heads over to that previously hidden closet, finding a few shelves inside and making a very rudimentary picnic table for them to eat on. As they finish eating, out of nowhere, Rosemary suggests to Guy <laughs> that they make love. Yeah.
1: He's like, Say no more, fam. Yeah. It's, right. it's like almost awkward because they're both like, All right. They don't yeah, shut
3: it is the weird. light off it's and little, separately yeah. get undressed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He like shuts off the lamp and he's like, You got it, boss. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking belly full of chow mein. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I was like, Okay. But when duty calls, <laughs> yeah, they get undressed and Rosemary crawls over to him and they start to show each other the flesh. Mm-hmm. But guy suddenly stops he says that he thinks he hears the trench sisters chewing
1: that was funny yeah that's good i'll give him that one yeah (laughs) not as good as the liz taylor (laughs) (laughs) i'm
0: still dying i will say that at this point not only do you like guy right you like them as a couple Mm -hmm. yeah you're excited for their future Yeah, yeah you know hope that continues it'll be fine yeah But we cut to a group of painters, decorators, and movers remodeling the entire apartment, brightening up the place with white paint, new drapes, and furniture. But that's, again, where I want to commend the production designer, because they took this one space and turned it into two different apartments. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. That's nuts. And I would live in either of them. Right. (laughs) But later, Rosemary watches television and sees Guy pop up on an ad for Yamaha,
1: i was like okay guys yeah
0: i was like he's he's putting in his work i will say that i read that yamaha gave him and roman polanski bikes for this (laughs) wow okay (laughs) i guess they rode around set with mia farrow and it was like a grand old time (laughs) (laughs) that's that's great love that for them this is straight up product placement yeah But when Guy arrives home that night, Rosemary embraces him and shows him the once hidden closet, which now has wrapping paper lining the shelves. This made me laugh because I everybody else is like working their ass off with this hard labor. Yeah. She took out some Christmas paper.
3: I <laughs> mean, she's it like, looks cute. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: liked it. But how
0: long is it gonna That's last? That's a Renee yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be ripped by Saturday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's fine.
0: But in the next scene, Rosemary sits reading a magazine in the communal laundry room as Terry Genofrio, played by Angela Dorian, loads a washer with her clothes. She catches Rosemary's eye, who, after staring for a moment, apologizes, saying that she thought Terry was Victoria Vetri, the actress. Terry says she gets that a lot, but she doesn't see the resemblance. This is hilarious. Yeah. mm -hmm. Because Angela Dorian's real name is Victoria Vetri. Uh, (laughs) So it's her. It's funny because...
1: Rosemary's like, you know her? And she's like, No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I think she's unknowable. Yeah. <laughs> but Terry introduces herself and tells Rosemary that she's staying with the Castavets on the seventh floor as their guest. Their apartments are actually connected, as we learned from Nicholas earlier. Terry says that the Castavets were friends with Mrs. Gardenia, the woman they took the apartment from, and they continue their small talk, Rosemary telling Terry about Guy and what he does for a living. Same response. The, yes. But out of nowhere, a glass shatters, which is never investigated. No, yeah.
1: I, th- I thought it was a light bulb bursting.
0: Yeah, or that's what but, I thought it was. But, but, but still, so uh, they're
1: just like, so anyway. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it, it made me laugh because that happens. And I think it was Terry. She goes, I hate it here. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's just it. I was like, you don't want to. A ghost did that or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but they agree because they both don't like it down here that they're going to come down here together to do their laundry from now on. Terry then shows off her necklace, saying that it's a good luck charm given to her by Mrs. Castivet, <laughs> and she says that it could work for both of them. Rosemary inspects it and sees that it's a pendant with something inside, and she makes note of a very <laughs> odd smell. She's like, Oh
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again comes up a lot. Yeah. But Terry tells her that the Castivets are amazing and that they literally rescued her from the streets and gave her a place to live. At first, she was afraid it was some kind of weird sex thing. But they're basically like her grandparents now, yeah. <laughs> which is a pretty good shift. Yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah. But this story warms Rosemary's heart. And Terry says that if it weren't for them, she'd either be dead or in jail. She says that outside of a brother in the Navy, she has no other family. But later that night, Rosemary and Guy overhear the Castavets arguing through the partition. Mrs. Castavet says, if you want my opinion, we shouldn't tell her at all. Guy does an impression of Nicholas showing the apartment and saying how the apartments are divided up, which is he's like, I shouldn't be able to fucking hear them, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) basically. (laughs) But this cracks Rosemary up, and she rushes over to him, getting on top of him and covering his mouth. Impressions must be her thing, yeah, because they start making out immediately, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Do Bugs Bunny, but (laughs) through the partition, they clearly hear several people chanting in unison. Now. I preferred the root beer conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I was like, no matter what is happening on the other side of that wall, I don't care how wholesome it is. I don't yeah. care what religion it's for. I'm incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does not sound like anything that I should be hearing.
0: Not at all. Right. I will say one thing that does kind of—I don't want to say bother me about this film is that a lot of it is we kind of already, maybe it's because of what we know about certain things Mm -hmm. and films that followed this, but we kind of already have an idea of what's going on. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of waiting for everyone to catch up with what's going Mm -hmm. on. There is a quote from Roger Ebert that I'll talk about later, but it's kind of to the effect of that. Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) You know what they say, Nay. (laughs) Speak ill of the dead. But... Sometime later, Guy and Rosemary walk together on the street at night on their way back to the Bramford. Outside of the building is a massive crowd, including police who are trying to keep people away. Guy pushes his way through and sees Terry lying dead on the ground, the left side of her body mangled and her good luck charm resting in a pool of blood.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And I know you said the police were trying to keep people away. They didn't really try yeah. to keep people away. He was like, no. And
0: uh, yeah. oh yes my sir. god. Yeah. He literally walked up. Like there was yeah. no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even roped off. But Rosemary turns away in horror as the police force them away. Guy tells them that they know her, only remembering her first name and the fact that she's staying with the Castavets, information the police already have. But another police officer runs up on the scene, giving her name from a suicide note that she stuck to the window with a band-aid. Nicholas rushes out, asking Guy and Rosemary if they knew Terry, and after saying that they slightly did, they turn to walk away from the scene. But walking onto the scene, however, are Roman and Minnie Castavette, played by Sidney Blackmer and Ruth Gordon, respectively.
1: Call them ranch because they be dressing. (laughs) I saw her makeup and those fits. I was Um, like, "God damn!"
0: I saw his outfit and I was like, "They're returning home from his barbershop quartet." Yeah, (laughs) no shit. (laughs) He's in the B sharps. Hey, that was a Beatles parody, which takes us back to John Lennon, which takes us so
1: the Simpsons is cursed. Yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I want to talk about Ruth Gordon because Minnie Castivet. This is my favorite performance in this film.
1: I was going to say she's the best part of the film.
0: Yes. She (laughs) cracks me up. She actually won an Oscar for this role wow for best supporting actress nice and i get it yeah.
1: <laughs> she's such a real like this character feels like a real fucking old lady that won't get out of your business right. yes. like she she felt very authentic
2: mm-hmm. uh, i didn't like it what <laughs> like no like her character oh, okay. she's like a i'm lot. like oh, i don't she's uh, a lot. i thought you were like, saying you the performance. mind
0: your business <laughs> yeah <laughs> stay over there no, there are times that she oversteps so hilariously yes that it's like unbelievable Uh, I did see on a featurette that apparently... Roman Polanski wanted a ton of like Hollywood veterans to play the cast of vets and their friends and everything, Mm -hmm. but he didn't know the names of the people that he wanted to cast. (laughs) And so based on what he got from them in the novel, he drew pictures and sent them to the casting director and they cast these people and they are basically the drawings he made. (laughs) So
1: So he manifested them. Yeah.
0: It's like a Corman's calamity on fucking. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: love that one.
3: That's a
0: great Tales from the Crypt. But after confirming who they are, an officer says at this speed, you better brace yourself for some bad news. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, yeah. I, I was not braced. <laughs> you didn't give me any
1: time.
0: He says that she jumped out of the window. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still laughing. That's terrible. That was yeah. insane. <laughs> Minnie refuses to believe it, but is shown the body and appears very shaken. Roman says that he knew this would happen. Terry got depressed every few weeks or so, but Minnie would always just shrug it off. It was like, wow, you're playing the blame game? Yeah. yeah. Pretty fucked up. But Minnie refuses to believe it was intentional. But the officer shows them Terry's suicide note, and Roman confirms that it's her handwriting. When asked who Terry's next of kin is, the cast of Ed say that she didn't have anyone in the world but them. Rosemary, though, interrupts, reminding them of Terry's brother in the Navy, which Minnie says is news to her. This is
1: what I mean, talking about her childishness, Mm -hmm. because I feel like any other person you met this woman one time. Yeah, I would just be shocked. I don't think I would say a word. I think I would just stand there. It's very like childlike for her to be like, no, no, no. She, it's like, yeah, no, yeah. actually, I'm five. And, like That's what it felt like. What,
0: ruining your movie yes. ticket? <laughs> <laughs> Had to play, pay full price. <laughs> Shut up. I will say, and it kind of, I mean, it fits with what we learn about these characters later, but this literally makes no sense for the mini cast of it that we learn to know to not know this about Terry. Right. Yeah. And so it's she already knows, she, everything. She's yeah. in
1: everybody's fucking Kool-Aid.
0: But the Woodhouses introduce themselves to the castavets Rosemary expressing her sympathies and the wonderful things that Terry said about them earlier. The officer asks for more info about Terry's brother, and Roman says that it should be easy to find him. Now, that sentence seems fine right now. Right. But when you think about word choice. Yeah. yeah. And this comes up again <laughs> <laughs> later. But the Woodhouses leave, and Minnie rests her head on Roman. That night, though, Guy is fast asleep, but Rosemary lies awake. Her eyes close, and we watch her slip into dream. First, she imagines Terry's body being covered by the police. Before panning over to a nun played by Jean Innes, but from her mouth we hear Minnie's voice saying, "Sometimes I wonder how you could be the leader of anything." A loud bump wakes Rosemary from her sleep, but she slips right back into a nightmare. At a Catholic school, several men are bricking up windows as the nun loses her shit on Mike, played by Jeffrey Norman. Still in Minnie's voice, she says, If you would have listened to me, we wouldn't have had to do this. She says they'd be all set to go, but now they have to start from scratch. Mike shushes her, and the nun says that she told him not to tell her in advance because she wouldn't be open-minded. In and out of sleep, Rosemary says that she told Sister Veronica about the windows and she withdrew the school from the competition. We then fade to black. Look, (laughs) (laughs) nightmares are weird, right? Yeah. I was
1: like, I don't know what the fuck that meant. Yeah. (laughs) But I loved the execution of her both being in her bed and dreaming yes like i it it felt like relatable when you're having those fucking weird dreams and you kind of know that you're dreaming but you don't like i the execution of it really really worked for me because Mm -hmm. it was weird as fuck right but weirdly relatable okay (laughs) (laughs) he's like i'm concerned sure
0: that, to me i think it it captures and it does it again later it captures yeah. like dream logic no, yeah. yeah in such an interesting way because there is tons of shit that happens in your dreams that makes perfect sense yeah, yeah. when you're dreaming it and then the second you wake up you're like what the fuck was that yeah. oh yeah and i think that was one here mm-hmm. i will say again it's really shedding a lot of light on the cast of Ed's situation yeah and it does so in the novel he's literally beat for beat getting to you know where we're going mm-hmm. but i again feel like it might be saying too much
1: i mean yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but a few days later the doorbell rings and rosemary opens it to find minnie after spying at her through the people like i guess it's not spying it's her yeah. house <laughs> checking <laughs> it's the like, people fucking rosemary no <laughs> sorry <laughs> but minnie thanks her for all the kind words that she said about terry She had feared that they had failed her, even though the note made it clear that she didn't. Minnie says that Terry was cremated yesterday, and now they have to forget and move on, which won't be easy, as they don't have any children of their own. I
1: was like, damn lady, forget it and move on?
0: Forget. You you lived with her. Yeah, for months.
1: But this is when, like, we've talked about this note twice, and I really want to read it. I want to see
0: the note. Me too. There's some theories about the note. That we'll talk about as this continues. Mm. Uh, I have my idea and other people have theirs. Yeah. All right. But she asks Rosemary if she has any children and she says no. Minnie's attention is then drawn to the full remodel of the apartment, totally in awe of it. After learning that the current TV room might someday be the nursery, she asks if Rosemary is pregnant. After learning she's not, Minnie tells her that she's young and healthy and ought to have a lot of children. Rosemary says that they plan to have three and we watch as Minnie just lets herself further. Yes. (laughs) Just invites herself in, but she does it in such a folksy way that I'm like, yeah, come on in. (laughs) (laughs) But she reminds Rosemary that she and Mrs. Gardenia were good friends, which Terry already told her. And Minnie then says Rosemary and Terry must've had a bunch of long conversations in the laundry room. Rosemary says that they only had one. Now to me, Asking this is pretty suspicious. You're, yeah. you're feeling no, me no. out. Yeah.
1: What all did she tell you? That's <laughs> yeah. what that was.
0: What you What you guys talk about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I will say, just because you you were friends with Mrs. Gardenia doesn't mean you can come in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like there was that episode of Dexter where the Trinity Killer was like, "No, I used to live in this yeah, house,"
3: and they go <laughs> <that> through <doesn't- laughs> the <whole> house. <laughs>
1: that
0: I'm like, doesn't mean what you think. <laughs> yeah. No, that means nothing at all. But. <laughs> When they make it to the living room, Minnie is stricken by how bright everything is, but they retire to the dining room where they chat about Guy and what he does for a living. Rosemary, of course, gives the standard response, and Minnie says that she knew it on account of how attractive Guy is.
1: All right, lady. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's my fucking husband. But Minnie invites Rosemary and Guy over to dinner, saying that it would be helpful for them because this would be their first night alone together after Terry's death. Rosemary agrees on the condition that she can talk it over with Guy first, but Minnie says that she won't take no for an answer. She's
2: playing you. Already? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like you said that, I'd be suspicious. Right. And then she's like, no, come on, she's not even really sad. Like, I can see you. Yeah. You're not well, I mean, you can <laughs> almost,
1: like, if you're wanting to not believe the worst in this quirky old lady, <sighs> you can kind of be like, she just lost, they said that they don't have any kids. Right. Mm-hmm. They just lost, like, their surrogate daughter. Right. We're supposed to fill that role now. That's what I would think. Now, you're going to be over here
2: every day. You're going to want me to be over there yeah, every yeah. day. That's what I would think. Well, I mean, I would just figure if that was it, You'd be a little more sad than yeah, that. Yeah, she was like, yeah, "Well, true. yeah, milk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're hopping around and let's forget and uh-huh. you know forgive and whatever." And you want
0: to come over? It's like, yeah. dude, are, do you know what just happened? Like, yeah. Fuck? Well, how good's the food though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, but what are you making? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> she said. I think there's two frozen steaks that they're gonna defrost. Which I I don't know why I feel like that's very sweet. Yeah, it is sweet,
1: but it it made me like hyper aware of like the '60s where it's like women can have you know this corner of the steak, and then because she was like, I'm defrosting a steak, I'm like for the four, yeah. <laughs> like a bitch is hungry. I don't. That was
0: like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> I know how we eat in 2022. <laughs>
1: yeah. for you those, yeah. those two steaks for so you, Minnie. I'm assuming yeah. you already
0: have three steaks that are not right <laughs> that were never frozen. <laughs> <laughs> but Minnie then picks up Rosemary's mail, but she looks at it and she's like, ah, it's only ads and hands it to her. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> ads? What yeah. the fuck? Is this any of your business? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. But Guy arrives home sometime later and he rests in a chair, upset that a guy called Donald Baumgart got a part in a play that he was after.
1: That sucks. Well, yeah. Since you mentioned the chair, I did. To bring up the fact that when Minnie was there earlier, she's like, "Oh my god, how much did you
0: pay?" Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> did she mean that? And like,
1: I thought it was just like it, it feels. She just seems nosy as fuck. Yeah, high. either mm-hmm. way, it's, but I also not your business. It's not. <laughs> well, I also did look it up though because Rosemary said the chair was two hundred bucks. Yeah, and that would be uh sixteen hundred and sixty bucks. Today.
0: Holy shit! so yeah. it's nice chair. It's a yeah. nice ass chair. So, from what I understand, guy was paid a lot of money for an ad campaign that he did previously uh-huh. because you're, you're probably wondering like the fucking struggling actor. Right. Right. How the hell is he affording this apartment? uh
1: huh
3: And
0: I guess that they had said something. I'm trying to remember where I read it. It might've been in the novel or it might've been like a summary of the novel or something, but they said it was like $19,000 he got.
1: Well, he was Damn. also in nobody loves an albatross. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which Rosemary told me was quite
1: yeah. good. Yeah. It was really
0: good. But Rosemary brings him a beer and a sandwich And Guy remarks that the part he missed out on is one that would get you noticed. Rosemary tells him about her meeting with Minnie earlier, saying that she was nosy as hell, but she also invited them to dinner.
1: I did appreciate her acknowledging that Minnie's behavior was really out of pocket.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because it was. Oh, yeah. She wasn't like she was a sweet old lady. Yeah. No. No. But Guy, of course, is not in the mood saying that if they get friendly with an old couple like that right now, they will never get rid of them.
1: That was my exact thought. Yeah. If we start doing this, this is just what it is now. Oh, yeah. I
0: I don't know. Well, neighbors, man. I mean...
1: I guess. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I avoid my neighbor say. like the yeah. It's true. <laughs> I honestly, I I think that was me trying to be seem friendlier right. than I am. <laughs> I've I've never spoken to a neighbor on purpose. I'll exactly, put it like that. exactly. <laughs> but Rosemary returns to some home improvement project on the floor, saying that they don't have to go. Is an odd little back and forth. It's a little. I don't want to say childish. The way that they are going back and forth but guy finally relents saying that this will be his good deed for the day. Yeah. Rosemary says that they'll make it clear that this is only for one night and I'm like you, you can't do that. <laughs> do that. Yeah.
1: We're not fucking coming yeah. over yeah. here. <laughs> We're not
0: friends. <laughs> like, there's no way you can do that. <laughs> it's impossible. But they do arrive that night at the Castafet's apartment for dinner, warmly and loudly greeted by Minnie. As lively as ever, she says Roman is fixing vodka blushes and tells Guy that she can't wait to be able to tell people that she knew him when.
1: What, uh, when she came to the apartment, I was like, God damn, this lady's a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. But when they go over to their house, I'm like, they're kind of adorable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's And then when Roman comes, I'll let you get to it. But okay. I was like, "They're they're funny
0: as fuck. Oh, yeah. The Woodhouses take a seat as Roman brings them a tray of drinks. They're overfilled, which he says he normally doesn't do. He's usually a much better bartender. And Minnie's he's like, just watch the carpet.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, grandpa. Yeah. Like, chill out.
0: It's like no funny stuff's going on here. Yeah. I poured too much. It's like what are you doing? Yeah. Like starting to believe Terry now. Yeah. <laughs> but he hands out the drinks saying that vodka blushes are very popular in Australia. I'm gonna have to ask Kate and Beth about yes, that. Yes,
1: let us know.
0: But they looked
1: good. They it yeah. looked like a drink that I would
2: order. Oh, no, yes. Yeah.
0: But Minnie coughs at the taste of hers, and Roman immediately spills the excess from the tray onto the carpet.
1: I was like, she asked you yeah. one thing yeah. <laughs> to not spill on the fucking carpet.
0: Doesn't she like rush to clean it up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Rosemary asks if Roman is originally from Australia, and he says that he's not, but he's been there. In fact, he's been everywhere. And he's like, name a place.
1: Yeah. I. <laughs> It wasn't even him saying name a place. It was the fact that Guy literally Dude, had a yeah. city in Alaska fucking queued up. Yeah. It's,
0: it's like, whose line is it anyway? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Roman's like, I think I heard Fairbanks, Alaska.
1: I busted out laughing. But I was yeah. like, Why were you so ready for that yeah. question? It's like, is
0: that where you were? Yeah, And then we learned it's not. No. But he's like, and name a place. And he goes, Fairbanks, Alaska. Yeah. And it turns out that he's been there and it also all over Alaska. He's
1: been everywhere, man. Yeah. Like that song.
0: Johnny Cash. Yeah. I've been seeing that commercial a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> I had just gotten that song out of my head and replaced it with Rosemary's Lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> but they learn that Rosemary is from Omaha and Guy is from Baltimore. Roman's been to both, of course. Of course. And as it turns out, he's been traveling for almost 70 years. And he reminds them that if they name a place, he's been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But many rushes off to check the stakes, telling Roman to take his pill. We cut to them at dinner, Roman remarking that the Pope would never visit a city where the newspaper is on strike. Guy calls it showbiz, and Roman takes it a step further, saying that's exactly what it is. In fact, the costumes, the rituals, all religions are.
1: I was like, these old people do not give a
2: fuck.
0: Like,
1: isn't that like etiquette that you don't, especially when you don't know where somebody stands, you don't be saying shit like that.
0: They say what religion, politics and sex. Yeah.
1: They're like, no, it's fine.
0: (laughs) Rosemary does look a little uncomfortable telling them when asked that she was brought up Catholic. She reminds them that he is the Pope. Roman's like, nah, can that bullshit. Yeah,
1: Roman's, I don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he says you don't have to respect him just because he pretends to be holy. I mean.
1: <laughs> Maybe he was onto
0: something. Yeah. Guy agrees, and Minnie brings up the money that the church spends on robes and jewels. I got to be honest, this is not the dinner conversation I expected. Not
1: at all. Looking at these people, not at all.
0: No. I thought that if anyone was going to be offended, it was going to be them. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like, you know what? Religions. And I'm not (laughs) not too warm on that Jesus guy either. (laughs) (laughs) But Roman says that he thought the hypocrisy and organized religion was perfectly conveyed in Luther and asks if Guy got to play the lead in that play. Guy says that he didn't. But Roman says that he remembers seeing it and was struck by some gesture that Guy made during the performance. As it turns out, when an actor that was playing Luther was having a fit, Guy did some kind of reach towards him, <laughs> and the authenticity of this reach blew Roman's tits off. They're
1: <laughs> fucking gassing this dude yeah. up. They he's are. like, uh-huh. oh, like this? And he's like, oh my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I It was so funny. I was watching this. They're sitting there. Like you said, they're gassing him up. And uh-huh. they're like, hey, you're fucking great Rosemary is just like, what the fuck? Just
0: rolling (laughs) her eyes. well it was
1: a it was a reach. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It wasn't a line he said. He and and guy's like you mean (laughs) you just give him one of these. Yeah, Yeah, it's like He's like the I didn't do it boy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Roman says that his father was a theatrical producer, so he spent a lot of time with the big names of the era as a kid. He says Guy has a very interesting inner quality, and he should have a very fruitful career as long as he gets those initial breaks. Guy says that he's actually up for a couple of parts currently, but he seems to think that he won't get them. But we cut abruptly to their kitchen, where Rosemary is helping Minnie with the dishes after dinner and dessert. Minnie learns more about Rosemary's large family, five siblings, 16 nieces and nephews. Minnie assures her that she'll have a lot of children someday of her own as well. But the dishwashing ceases when they see smoke wafting around the living room. The two men are sat smoking and chatting, which Minnie interrupts, telling Roman to stop telling his old stories of the theater. And that guy is only listening because he's polite.
1: When they walk in, when they're like hanging out and smoking or whatever, Uh their reaction was really like they were being interrupted. Like when you're having a personal conversation and somebody walks over and they're like, oh, hey, like and change the subject. That's Mm -hmm. the vibe. Like it felt weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it felt really weird. With
0: what we learned in the movie. Yeah. It makes me laugh because at some point Roman's like, hey, check this out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this might sound yeah. weird yeah. at first.
0: But, <laughs> but Guy is into these old stories. But when he calls Minnie Mrs. Castavette, she reminds him and Rosemary that she's Minnie and he's Roman. But we see them say their goodnights with Guy drunkenly shouting, Minnie! <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's
0: like, all right. Yeah. I do wonder how this dinner would have gone for the audience if we didn't hear that chanting on the first night. That, yeah. would, that
1: would be nice. Yeah. yeah I yeah. feel like when things start to unfold, it might be a little more of
0: a yeah, <laughs> yeah. No shit. I'm fine with Rosemary's Dream staying as is.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it, it's almost ambiguous to the point where you don't know if it's happening or not yeah and we have we've heard many say like a few things at that point yeah. so you don't even really know for sure that that's our vo- like mm. i feel like that's fine yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah.
1: the chanting was too far yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but once they get back to their own apartment the couple loudly compliments the steak and cake that they just had Rosemary in disbelief that guy ate two slices.
1: I was like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be- <laughs> you're being so loud. She, yeah.
0: She's like, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that he likes cake. That's weird.
1: <laughs> I I took it as like the cake wasn't good. Oh. Yeah. She was like, I can't believe you ate two. Yeah.
0: Because oh. he says,
1: out of politeness, yeah. like, calm
2: down. It's dude. Like, yeah, right. The
1: way that Minnie was tearing that cake up, yeah. it yeah. looked like her it looked slices good. were I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was getting down.
0: But, well, I mean, that fits with what comes next because like some waspy pieces of shit rosemary makes mention of only three matching dinner plates yeah it's what a like bitch.
1: what the hell
3: <laughs> i was on
0: your side
1: yeah don't come to my house to eat no <laughs> we have the kind of plates that you throw in the trash yeah. <laughs> nine times out of ten
0: do they match though
1: well oh, they match yeah.
0: <laughs> it's one set of 500 <laughs>
1: I believe it's from uh Sam's Club, mm. that you know prestigious brand. <laughs> like yeah.
0: Oh, Dixie, this is the fine <laughs> oh <shit. laughs> special occasion. They be it living holds. in here. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but Guy hopes that they'll will them the silver that they saw at dinner as well. But then the two start talking quieter because yeah, the cast of vets can hear Shut everything. Yeah.
1: You know that because you've heard them yeah. several times. You
0: yes. heard
2: them chanting, man. Yeah. Yes. yeah.
0: That wasn't enough. Yeah. i about
2: the root beer. <laughs>
0: But after Rosemary tells Guy about a joke book that she found in the bathroom, Guy admits that Roman's stories were very interesting. So interesting, in fact, that he's going to go back over there tomorrow night to hear some more.
1: Tomorrow? Yeah. You were the one that didn't want this to be a thing.
0: Yeah. This conflicts with plans that they already made with other friends of theirs, but Guy says that they can just hang out with them next week. He tells Rosemary, who looks uneasy, that she doesn't have to come, and she says that she won't. <laughs> Rosemary did notice something peculiar however all of the Castavet's pictures were down just nails and empty spaces and the one picture that they did have hanging up didn't fit Guy did not notice this of course
2: It's interesting
0: Yeah Yeah I it feels like the uh like oblivious spouse trope Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, you know why lady He's evil. like you know why those pictures are gone <laughs> He's like what's a picture I don't Yeah know. I've never
0: The cake though Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But sometime later, Rosemary puts on a record in the living room and lies down on the couch to read a book. The book is Yes, I Can, the Sammy Davis Jr. autobiography. Yeah. From what I understand, Sammy Davis Jr. was friends with Roman Polanski and Mia Farrow, Mm -hmm. and he also had links to Satanism. I didn't oh, wow. I didn't
1: know that until I watched that yeah. episode of Cursed
0: Films. I had no All idea. Right. Me neither. And so it's very interesting that she is reading this book uh-huh. and they show it so clearly. Right, right.
1: Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I really had no idea huh. that that was the thing that he was like dabbling into or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty
0: cool. Yeah. yeah. But Rosemary is promptly interrupted by the doorbell. When she opens the door, she finds Minnie and Laura Louise McBurney, Minnie's friend who lives on the 12th floor, played by Patsy Kelly. Minnie introduces Rosemary as Guy's wife, and Laura Louise seems extremely excited to meet her and welcome her to the building.
1: So much for staying home. Yeah. right yeah. <laughs> That would annoy the shit oh, out of yeah. me.
0: Mm-hmm. But Rosemary reluctantly invites them in and they step into the living room. Laura Louise plopping her ass right on Rosemary's book. Yeah, Yeah. no, just
1: go ahead and make yourselves comfortable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Your spine is fine. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. My book's fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is not.
0: (laughs) But Minnie tells Rosemary that she looks a little worn, which is exactly what you want to hear.
1: You're in my house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are guests in my home. This
1: is where you go to look worn out. (laughs) It's your own
0: fucking house. But Rosemary tells her that it's the first day of her period. Laura Louise is surprised to see her up and around, saying that she used to suck gin down by the straw on the first day of her period. <laughs> God damn. I was like, oh my God. I'll, <laughs>
1: I'll try that. <laughs> it's like a
0: plan. Like gin by the straw? <laughs> but Minnie says that girls today are much healthier and can handle more. Minnie sits knitting away at a garment of some kind, mm-hmm. but she stops when she remembers a gift that she wanted to give Rosemary from her Roman. She takes out something wrapped in pink tissue paper and hands it to her, saying it's over 300 years old. Rosemary unwraps it to find the charm pendant necklace that Terry was wearing.
1: I think I would be so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, this thing fucking stinks, right? Like, oh, yeah. we're, we're going to elaborate on that a lot. <laughs> yeah, she's already yeah. said that it stinks. It was in the blood. Yeah. Like, I don't. I would. I would hope that it was a different one.
0: Right. They took a Clorox wipe to it.
2: (laughs) Even (laughs) if that, the look on her face, she knows. Yeah. Rosemary knows. Yeah. You know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Oh, yeah. Sure. Her. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: She looks shaken. Yeah.
1: Well, it's fucking weird. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. But (laughs) she very politely says that it's lovely. And Minnie tells her that the green bits inside are Tannis root for good luck and implores Rosemary to put it on. When she finally does, Minnie lets out like an almost villainous. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was was a little. You're (laughs) tipping your hand A little bit. Yeah. But when Guy arrives home later, she shows him her new necklace that she got from Minnie, saying that it was Terry's. He asks if she's going to wear it, but she takes it off, grossed out by the smell of the root. She holds it above her jewelry box and is like tan is anyone. (laughs) I
3: thought it was funny. That was for you. That's
1: me.
0: (laughs) But she tosses it into her jewelry box in her desk and Guy tells her that if she took it, she should wear it.
1: Every day? Yeah. Yeah, Like we're home. I don't, I, that was, fuck you, man. This is already, I'm, I got a bad, yes.
2: It's just costume jewelry,
0: right? yeah so you don't wear right. it every day right is yeah that is you put it, it yeah. up <laughs> so you you only wear it on halloween
1: exactly yeah. i'm
0: starting to get it yeah right <laughs> i'm not i'm no. not getting it at all i will say that sure wear it when the cast of vets are around right but this is weird yeah not all the time but the next morning the phone rings and guy answers it rosemary waits in the door frame as it appears guy has gotten bad news poor guy he says and oh god that's awful but his tone suddenly changes as he says that he's definitely interested and that the person on the other end of the phone will have to talk to his agent. When he gets off the phone, he shares the news. Donald Baumgart, the guy who got the part in the play that he wanted, has suddenly gone blind. And what's more, the part is now guys. He says, hell of a way to get it before stepping out to go for a walk.
2: He's like, I'm going to still take it though. Oh, yeah. Is he sniffing paint thinner? What the fuck is in his hand the whole time? I yeah, think it it looked that looked was like paint I yeah, like, <laughs> like are, you, are you just high? He was,
0: <laughs> that phone call never happened. Yeah, he's fucking Charlie. He's, <laughs> he's just like, I was, yeah. what the fuck are you He's doing?
1: like, I, I know, I got the part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a horrible thing to happen. Yeah. But the fact that he's like, oh, no, yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, it was pretty insensitive.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. It was that switch for me.
1: Yeah, but me though. Yeah. Like,
0: okay. And it makes me laugh because he does appear to be a little upset by it, but you know, he's like cabbage patching in the hallway. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That- <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna go tell Roman. Yeah. <laughs> but in the next scene, Rosemary is hanging out with Hutch, but all she talks about is Guy and the difficulties he faces being an actor.
1: We haven't seen Hutch in a while. Mm. No. And the way that, I don't know if this is his office or his home. Right, I right. thought she was at a therapist appointment. So did yeah. I. Yeah. And so I'm like, he's about to madman her and fucking call Guy and tell, you know, everything. she. But then I was like, oh, no, that's their friend. Yeah. So I thought that was it looks like she's at an appointment.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, she's like sat on the couch and he's behind a desk. Yeah. Yeah. It's very I had to go and look on IMDb. I'm like, okay, who's who? Yeah. Again. (laughs) Yeah. That's Hutch. But she says Guy's career could see a boost soon with this part and that he's even been offered a lead part on a TV show. She then excuses his self-centered behavior and is almost in tears as she says that Guy is just preoccupied.
1: The way that she's like, I'm sure all actors are vain and (laughs) (laughs) self-centered. So Guy is vain and self-centered.
0: They're all pieces of shit. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it bums me out because it seems like Guy is the only thing she talks about. Yeah. Yeah. And you want her to have a life of her own.
1: Well, we've already kind of established this—the way that she like touts his Mm -hmm. Uh accomplishments—it feels like she kind of just exists tangentially. Uh And even Minnie, this is Guy's wife. Yeah. No, this is Rosemary. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's sad.
0: And I think the fact that they keep doing this fits in with the thinking of the time for sure. What they're trying to break out of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But later, she walks with Hutch on the street, and he asks about Terry's death. When she says that the cast of vets rescued and rehabilitated Terry, Hutch says that they did not do a good job of it. It's like, "Damn, it was dude. a little rough." Well, and yeah. it kind of
1: bothered me because Rosemary goes all Danny Glover and describes her as a fucking drug addict. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she says addict,
0: but yeah. I was yeah. like, "Why
1: would she refer to her like that?" I thought that was really shitty
0: yeah yeah well i don't know if she was trying to big up the cast of vets to say that they rescued this girl right I guess.
1: but but the it's... woman that you met was perfectly lovely perfectly friendly i feel like not that a drug addict can't be but you didn't need to refer to her that way when she's been rehabilitated i mean i don't know i just didn't like that well
2: not only that you really seem like you didn't care for those people uh the older people right when but, you hung out
1: but guy likes them
2: right but you seem to take to the lady when you met yeah, her in I the laundry room I, if uh-huh. i
1: if i made a friend and the friend was kind enough to share their past with me yeah i wouldn't be like oh this fu- i don't yeah, <laughs> know
0: no, that just a really weird, yeah.
1: bothered me
0: she's just the gossip i guess yeah. i guess it did make me laugh and it makes me like hutch even more because whenever he asks how things are going at the Bramford, he's like, how's how's everything at Happy House? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not Happy House. It's like, you know, the stories, you fucking <laughs> jerk. <laughs> but we cut to Rosemary arriving home with groceries to find a bouquet of roses waiting for her in the kitchen. Another bouquet at the sink and even more in the dining room. Love
1: bombing, but continue.
0: Yeah, yeah. The toxic. Yeah. 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 Guy appears out of nowhere, telling her that he's been a creep, caught up worrying about whether or not Baumgart will regain his sight. And the way that he says it is very funny. He's like, "I'm what do you say? I'm such a heel or something." Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. B- or
1: first of all, yeah, you are. But yeah. Why do we call people heels? Either? I don't know. <laughs> well,
0: they do in professional wrestling. Right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I it. walked yeah. right into that. You see, a heel is. <laughs> but he tells her, even if he's Mister Yamaha for the rest of his days, he's gonna start giving her the time of day. He says he's just been too focused on his career. Then he just says it. Let's have a baby.
1: Babies fix everything. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, notoriously, they save marriages that are in trouble. Right. But uh, for me, it was like really unpack what Guy is saying here. Mm -hmm. I've been a dick to you because this whole time I'm afraid that this man is going to get his sight back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, he's like my big break.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is this is not okay. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And it makes me laugh because he says, you know, let's have a baby. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's have three. And he's like, one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) But Rosemary is overjoyed and she hugs Guy tightly and almost starts to cry. Cut to a romantic evening by the fireplace. The Woodhouses sat beside it drinking. They clink their glasses together, staring into the flames. Rosemary wishing for the coldest winter ever. And I was like, hmm, well, metaphorically. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. She also, there is a part where she like points out that the paint is going to get ruined Mm -hmm. and she sounds like a kid.
1: That's what I'm like, a lot of what she says, especially, I mean, I don't know, I would say the vast majority of the film. Uh -uh. It feels very naive, very childlike. And I think Mia Farrow does a really good job of expressing that Mm -hmm. because it's, it's really, she's, I know this is called Rosemary's Baby, but she is infantilized for a lot of this. Yeah. And she portrays that very well, but it is incredibly frustrating. It
0: is. And I think, to me, it kind of grows to almost the point of annoyance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they go to have dinner together at the table, only to be interrupted by the doorbell. Angrily, Guy goes to answer it, and the camera presses in on Rosemary as we hear Minnie at the door and Rosemary is super stoked when she hears that Minnie doesn't want to be a bother and won't be coming inside.
1: I was just, why are you mad? Those are your besties. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. He's like, God, yeah. like, you probably told them to come over. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> <be real. laughs>
0: but Guy returns bearing a gift from Minnie, chocolate mousse for dessert. He then busts into a fairly accurate imitation of her calling it chocolate mouse. <laughs> but Rosemary calls the gesture sweet and says they shouldn't make fun of her. They tuck into it guy wolfing his down yeah but after a couple bites rosemary makes mention of a chalky undertaste in hers and stops eating
1: we are shown them eating this mousse. yeah for way too long, oh, yeah. I'm like, there's oh, something yeah. up with that. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the th- I think the thing that bothered me is her description of what's wrong with it. Yes. Yeah. because it gives again too much away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm afraid now mm-hmm. when I should just be like, oh, it tastes weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: I mean, because if it, this would have been played a little more. Um, subtly she right. already complained about minnie's cooking the night that they went over there oh for dinner. Yeah, yeah yeah this really could have been like i man i don't know what she puts in this or uh-huh. i don't know what herb she likes it. Right, i mean it right, really right. could have been but this is like it feels like somebody drugged this. <laughs> <with> this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too much
0: i would have preferred like she fucked up the moose too yeah, yeah. Damn. i
1: mean not like that yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think that's how i would have said it
1: fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's a it's a lot. It's it's very um heavy handed.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. But guy gets annoyed telling her to eat it because Minnie worked her ass off on it. But Rosemary doesn't want to. He's like, it's always something. So to avoid an argument, Rosemary continues eating, passively saying it's delicious and that it doesn't have an undertaste at all.
1: Didn't this make you think of the Howard Johnson yes. scene in Mad, mad Men Man, where she didn't like it and he's like, oh, you're
2: now you're just trying to piss me off. <laughs> because you don't want to eat yeah. it. Yeah, I was
1: like, why are you so Dude, bothered? he was so mad. <laughs> um, and then she's like, oh, no, you're right. It's delicious. Yeah. Well, he's like, what are you
0: doing? Yeah. <laughs> god don don fucked up from time to time all right
1: from time to time to time to time that was most of the show yes
0: but rosemary asks guy to go turn on the record player and when he does she dumps the rest of the moose into her napkin and folds it over
1: like a child exactly Mm
0: -hmm. when he returns he apologizes for his attitude oddly he wasn't like you put that away yeah because she's like did i do she says something like did i do well father or something like that Uh, yeah she did yeah she did But she says that he was kind of being a dick about it, but they seem to mend fences. But later that night, as Guy watches news coverage of the Pope at Yankee Stadium, Rosemary scrapes the moose from her napkin into the trash. But when she goes to stand up, pulling a stew mocker, she's feeling a little woozy here. (laughs) She knocks over a chair on her way to Guy, full on falling into his arms. He blames the booze when she says that she feels dizzy. And when she falls down completely, he carries her to bed
1: it's weird to me because I would like to think she was stumbling into the room yes yeah. the way that she was walking the way that she looked something was clearly wrong and he's just fucking I would hope that if I walked into a room like that John Paul would jump up and try to help me One he's would just like what <laughs> the like you you good yeah. <laughs> like, was, I was like
2: what the fuck are you doing I hope if we're having chocolate mousse we don't cut away to me watching
0: the movie <laughs> that was so weird I that was is like, weird what the
2: fuck just happened he's like
0: it's the fucking poem yeah right? I was like what like
1: Everybody I likes that, to watch yeah. the pope before they make a baby, right? I, yeah. <laughs> Th-
2: well, that's what confused me. Uh-huh. We're having moose. We're having a moment. I'm watching the pope. Yeah. The yeah. fuck? Or,
1: he's like, you dizzy or yeah, what? He's, <laughs> like, he's
2: like, no, this gets me yeah. going. <laughs>
1: no. He's like, let me just finish. Yeah, yeah,
2: she was. She was fucking. Stumbling. There was something yeah. clearly yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah.
0: And I'm sorry. She literally said the words chalky undertaste. Yeah. yeah. What kind of husband are you? Yeah. A
1: husband that knows about the chalky yes. undertaste. One might think. Mm. That's why he got so mad. Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. He's like,
1: no, fucking eat it. <laughs> <Yeah>. And then <laughs> take another dose two hours later. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very. And eat mine. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> I bet his didn't have a chalky undertaste. No, no it was just delicious. saying.
0: But in and out of sleep, Rosemary dreams that she's on the mattress floating in the ocean. She tells Guy that they have to make a baby, and he tells her they will and that they can do it tomorrow. She continues dreaming that she's on a yacht filled with well-dressed people. A skipper who looks suspiciously like JFK, played by Paul Denton, is in his Navy uniform charting progress on a map. But when he looks up from the map, he's now old and pointing out to the sea. I couldn't tell if he was Hutch or not.
1: Oh, Um, maybe. uh, I was was very distracted by JFK. And if we want to (laughs) play the cursed film game, what happened to JFK the next year?
0: Well, he died in 63. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why was I I don't know. <laughs> well, we went to the moon. Oh, yeah. 11, 11
1: JFK went to the moon. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <laughs> below deck, Guy undresses Rosemary. She asks why, and he says that it's to make her more comfortable, even though she says she already is. In real life, he does undress her as a clock ticks in the background.
1: I am already incredibly uncomfortable. Yes.
2: Like... I see where this is going and mm. I, I'm pulling the cord to get off the
0: bus. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> I, I just didn't understand. Uh, I was like, what are you doing? He was like, just put a blanket on her and leave her alone. Let her, g- <laughs> let her go to bed. It's, yeah. it's horrible. He was like, you already gave her the bad moose. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You kept the good one for yeah. yourself. He tasted oh, them both. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, yeah. Ooh, Ooh, yeah, I'm not eating this one. This has
0: got a chalky undertaste. <laughs> but Rosemary is fully naked sitting on the boat and then in a split second, she's now wearing a bikini as are all the other women on the boat. Hutch waits at the dock and she asks if he can come too, but JFK tells her it's Catholics only and that he wishes that they weren't bound by such prejudices.
1: JFK is like, I died five years
0: <laughs> ago, <laughs>
1: <Renate>. <laughs> No, but I feel like this is also symbolic of something that happens later.
2: Yes, mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And it is interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, JFK was the first Catholic president. Mm. Rosemary is not necessarily having a crisis of faith, but she has definitely moved away from Catholicism, yes. mm-hmm. not going to fucking meet the Pope. You would think that all devout Catholics would be in Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah.
1: That's a really good point. You yeah. Know? So. Well, I mean, she's having nightmares about nuns, and she did tell Roman that she was raised Catholic, but... Right.
0: yeah. But we then see her take off her wedding ring before she is lying on a wooden platform, the camera gliding through what appears to be a church, the ceilings elaborately painted like the Sistine Chapel. Eerie music plays as a voice says, Easy, and another chimes in with, You got her too high. And we see Hutch once again, now screaming about a typhoon before being overtaken by waves. Rosemary, nude, walks past a sailor at the wheel of the ship. He turns around and I think that it's Diego from the elevator. Yeah, it is. And he tells her that she should go down below deck. So she does. And we watch her go down in POV shots, finding her bed down there inside of a massive room. A church burns beside her as she makes her way to it and lies down. That shot of the church. Yeah. mm -hmm. Fucking love it. Yeah. I believe the cinematographer's name is William Fraker. But the shit that he does in this film it's I, next level. Yeah, I enjoy it. I got to ask.
2: What's that's that? That's not real fire, right? How'd they do
0: that? I'm I'm assuming it was like a model being burned. Right. Probably. But okay. Yeah, yeah. They didn't burn a real church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just as she does lie down, she is surrounded by about a dozen naked people. Some we recognize and some we don't.
1: Yeah. I saw her friend. Yes. The yeah. The one that L- broke Laura Sammy Lewis. Davis's book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roman is there wearing a cloak, and he paints symbols in red on her naked body as the group chants. Guy, who is among them, worries that Rosemary can see them, but Minnie says as long as she ate the mouse, she's like dead, so keep singing.
1: Uh, When I saw Guy, I was already feeling some type of way, but I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude?
2: Oh, I I felt it. I was like, oh, "Oh, you piece of shit. I I was was so (laughs) mad.
0: (laughs) But they continue chanting as Rosemary sees a woman who appears to be Jackie Kennedy, mm-hmm. played by Patricia Ann Conway, in a flowing white gown, descend a staircase. She says that she's sorry Rosemary isn't feeling well, which Rosemary blames on the mouse bite. Jackie tells her that she should have her legs tied down in case of convulsions, and Rosemary agrees to it as two men tie her legs. Jackie says if the music bothers her, she'll have it turned off. But Rosemary says not to change the program on her account. And that upset me a lot. Yes. Because it's like she is just programmed to be So passive. Yeah. yeah. So
1: small. Yeah. Like it 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 this whole part, I know that it's horrific and it's terrifying. It really made me sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this is when I was like, okay, I really thought that I had seen this, but I would have fucking remembered right. that. Absolutely. Like it is so incredibly upsetting for so many
0: reasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, continue. But Jackie tells her to try to sleep and that they'll all be waiting for her on the deck. The way she disappears always is eerie to me. Yeah, Yeah. I don't like it. I like it, but I don't like it. (laughs) But just then, Guy appears walking toward her in the dark. He gets on top of her and we see that he now has boils on his face. He slides his hands down her arms, which we now see are tied at the wrist. And he slides down her torso and her legs. When he returns his hands to do it again, we see that they're now long, dark, and misshapen with pointed nails. He paws at her breasts wildly before grabbing her by the torso, and you understand. Yeah. In the middle of the act, Rosemary peers through green mist and meets his gaze. His skin is now a burned red, his eyes merely black slits and piercing yellow sockets. Coming back to herself, Rosemary shouts, "'This is no dream!' This is really happening.
1: I kind of wish that didn't happen
0: yeah me too yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I gotta say (laughs) it's an an iconic line yeah but i think it's impossible to deliver it yeah Uh, not
1: only is it impossible to deliver it it really like we had that dream of her with the nuns where it's this blending of reality and unreality and that weird feeling when you're kind of dozing and dreaming but you're not sure if Mm -hmm. it's a dream but it is a dream this her saying that really robs us of that Uh yeah and we're any deniability Afterward, of maybe that didn't happen, it's gone yeah. because you, you told, told us, us
0: that it's yeah. happening. Yeah. <laughs> you literally spoke to the audience. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but as she tries to look around, someone puts a black pillow over her face. When it's removed, she's visited by the Pope, played by Michael Shillo. I'm just going to say the devil continues thrusting. Yeah. As the Pope tells her it's all right that she couldn't come to visit him. She asks for his forgiveness, and he gives it, raising his ring to her face for her to kiss, and the music reaches an ear-piercing crescendo as we fade to black. First of all, from a filmmaking standpoint, what a fucking sequence. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing the way it's done, and the way it's edited, and the way that it's shot. One thing I will say, because this rumor is like a lot, and it's kind of annoying to me, but the devil is played by an actor called Clay Turner. Mm -hmm. And he apparently was... uh, Very polite to Mia Farrow after he had to do all of this, but one person who for some reason claimed to not only have been a technical advisor on the film, but also said that he played the devil in this movie Uh was Anton LaVey
1: i yeah i read that there were rumors surrounding his involvement
0: yeah from what i understand he said he was he said that he he wasn't but he says that he was but he said he did yeah yeah he he also said that he dated marilyn monroe so he'd be talking yeah
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) it's called magical thinking man magical
0: thinking anton's on that bullshit again one thing i will say though and it kind of i think this is why it pisses me off so much is because LeVayan satanism is not theistic yeah they don't worship the devil right and it always pissed him off that people assumed that they did right right so then why are you advising a movie where a group is seemingly worshiping the actual devil yeah why would your advice mean anything if that's not the religion right
1: yeah
0: um he's just saying shit no yeah Yeah.
1: he'd be talking (laughs) (laughs) i think that the way that satanism is really demonized for lack of a better term (laughs) nowadays Uh kind of comes from the satanic panic right of I guess the 80s right mm-hmm. but you were saying earlier that this kind of planted seeds for that mm-hmm. I almost didn't bring it up because this is way before but yeah. I mean I guess that is a good point that it you know You saw it in a movie, so it must be true. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel Satanism is not anything bad or scary or wrong. No. And I feel like shit like this really (laughs) confirms the people that are like, No, they they worship the devil and (laughs) blah blah blah. It's like no, they really they say do no harm. Yeah don't hurt anyone. But you know, go off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The thing about I think Modern Satanism is that it's more more of a philosophy than it is a religion, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people say that as well. But yeah, they don't worship the devil.
1: Nope. So, yeah. <laughs> but okay. I mean, and
0: there are religions or uh, sects of groups that do. Right. I mean, of course, but But like, it's not... Yeah. So... Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't on the set, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but in the morning, Guy wakes Rosemary up, telling her that it's after nine, She asks for more time to sleep, but he says that he has to go meet his agent, so she slowly pulls herself up, asking what time she went to bed. Guy tells her that she didn't go to bed, she passed out, and that from now on, it's wine or cocktails, not both. Now sitting up, Rosemary remarks about the dream that she had, and as the cover falls away, she sees that her body is covered in scratches. Before she can say anything, Guy tells her not to yell, and that he already filed his nails down. He nervously laughs, smoking a cigarette, and tells her that he didn't want to miss baby night. What a charmer, huh? Just what, unbelievable. Are you
1: <laughs> fucking kidding me? I was like, shook. Yeah. yeah. I don't even, I, my mouth dropped open because he's like, <laughs> like, 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 silly me. Yeah. Like, it's no big deal. Are you, yeah. f- <sighs> the, wh- like, I, I don't even have words. No. I could not fucking believe this.
0: Rosemary is rightfully disgusted as Guy says it was kind of fun in a necrophile sort of way. What
1: the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I,
0: I <laughs> you can't get any
1: worse, and there it is. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck?
0: It's, it's crazy because I know that I had said that you start liking Guy at the very, very beginning. <sighs> this point, because you're like, okay, maybe Rosemary did just have a nightmare. Right. And then he says this shit, and you're like, no, I hate him now. Yeah, he's...
1: Because it's not even like, like he doesn't even apologize not that an apology would make anything better but he's not even like ashamed it's just very you know i i had to it was baby night like no i just i i'm i can't i cannot irredeemable yes
0: but she says that she dreamt that someone was violating her someone inhuman guy sits down next to her repeating that he didn't want to miss the night shut the
3: fuck up (laughs) like i I, (laughs) shut up
0: He rubs her back, but she pulls away, saying that they could have done it this morning or even tonight. That wasn't the only possible time to try for a baby. And he just blames it on being drunk as well. It's even worse in the script because in the script, Rosemary says, well, I'm probably just being silly.
1: Oh my God. I probably would have turned the movie. off. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have needed a break if she said that.
0: I think in the novel she like go like I I didn't read it from the novel because I didn't get to finish the novel. Mm-hmm. But I read on like a summary that she goes to like a cabin and hangs out for a few days because she's trying to figure out whether or not she even wants to be with Guy after this. Good. That yeah. Would,
1: that would uh, that yeah. tracks. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I guess what she decides is that she'll give him a year. And if he doesn't uh, get into ship shape. She's gonna leave. Uh,
2: him. I, so, yeah, um, uh, yeah.
1: Rosemary, I don't know. I, uh,
0: the '60s were a terrible time. Yeah. Yes, yes,
1: they were. Yes, they were.
0: But later that morning, Rosemary gets some fresh air from a window in the living room before going to take a shower. She then heads over to the Castevets to return the moose dishes. Minnie asks if she liked them, saying she probably put too much cream to cocoa on it. But Rosemary assures her it was delicious, even asking her for the recipe. She's like, but every ingredient,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, especially the chalky part. Yes.
0: But before Rosemary leaves, Minnie asks her to pick up some items from the grocery store for her and says that she'll pay her later. I was like, we won't be doing that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're not setting precedent. For no, no, that. no,
0: none of that. I laugh because, again, the way that Ruth Gordon plays this character, I still like her. Yeah.
1: She is hilarious. Yeah. Like, there, uh, there's just something so genuine about her, even though she's a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> but back at their apartment, Guy stalks around on crutches preparing for his role. But after a moment, Rosemary says that they should talk about how Guy hasn't even been looking at her lately. He denies it, and she tries to just drop it, but he tells her he's sorry for being so focused on this part. He says it's very important to him, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't love her, and so he kisses her on the cheek and kind of smooths things over. Uh. I
1: hate him. Yeah. Yeah. You can't keep acknowledging that what you're doing is wrong, being forgiven for it, and then continue to do wrong, Mm -hmm. uh and then acknowledging that what you're doing is wrong. and like He's just... I'm so focused that I'm because I'm afraid this man's going to get his sight back. Yeah. I'm just focused on this part. It's like, dude, then just be a single man who is is trying to be an actor. Yeah. yeah. Like if you can't. I just Rosemary, girl, come on. You can stay at my house. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, I'm no, just yeah. so fed up at this point. And
0: Now you're trying to bring a baby into it. I just yeah. I can't. But later at the breakfast table, Fira Elise is playing again somewhere in the background. Rosemary kind of looks around as if she hears it. I noticed that the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Mm. But Guy is not looking up from the paper at all. And he says that Rosemary's period was due on Friday. She says it'll probably come tonight. And they make a friendly bet of a quarter, Guy telling her that she's going to lose. We then cut to Rosemary in the office of Dr. Hill, played by Charles Grodin. Now, I know I know of Charles Grodin, mostly because I remember the guys on Sunny yeah (laughs) (laughs) saying something about him i believe he's a very hilarious human being Uh from what i understand right right but um this was actually his first major film role really yeah he had auditioned and did a screen test for the graduate which Uh eventually went to dustin Dustin hoffman Hoffman. right and i guess silbert who was the production designer of this film Mm -hmm. was aware of that screen test he might have even been the production designer on the graduate right right i don't know but he recommended Charles Grodin to Roman Polanski and got him the part. Oh, nice. And so uh, a career was sprouted yeah, from yeah, this. Yeah. But Rosemary asks when she'll know if she's pregnant or not. And Dr. Hill says that he'll call her after he gets the results and does a general checkup. Rosemary brings up a friend of hers and a patient of his, Elise Dunstan, and they engage in small talk about her. And we learn that Dr. Hill delivered her last baby. A nurse, played by Janet Garland... I thought I was like this is very realistic when she's drawing her blood. Yeah. Yeah. She was actually drawing her blood. I knew yeah. it. Yeah, As I, was, I was, like, was
1: watching it, I fucking yeah. knew it. <laughs> I'm
0: like I think I'm going to faint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but back at the apartment, Rosemary takes a phone call from Dr. Hill who simply says, "Congratulations." She's overjoyed and does like an awkward little bop. Yeah. yeah. And Dr. Hill's like, "Hello, Leo." Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he tells her About the pills that she'll have to take, putting the due date at June 28th and asking for another blood sample. June 1966. Mm -hmm. Numbers. Probably doesn't matter. Right. But he says that the nurse didn't take enough blood the first time, assuring her that she is pregnant and that it's probably just about her blood sugar. But he tells her not to forget the pills and then they get off the phone.
2: Well, he stutters when she asks why. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. No. What's I, the whole I story? will not be going back. <laughs> well, I, I
1: feel it really felt like he was like there was something weird about the yeah, results. Yeah. Uh huh. And he's trying not to say that. So. Well, maybe
2: say it without saying it. It's like, look, you just need to come back. (laughs) He's just like, no,
0: everything's fine, but we need a lot more blood. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. He's like, the labs say that the baby is half... Look, we're just just (laughs) coming. Just (laughs) coming. We'll figure it out. But she wonders aloud about the blood sugar writing on the calendar for her to go see the doctor on November 1st. But when Guy returns home, she holds out a quarter in her hand for him to take, it takes him a second but he realizes the great news her calling him father and him calling her mother. But she asks to make this a new beginning where they're more open with each other about everything. She tries to take part of the blame but he says that it's his fault and he promises to do better. They share a deep kiss but it's broken up by his laughter saying that that's a great way for parents to be carrying on. I guess he's like are we gonna <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> like are you trying
1: to I'm just I I just can't stand him.
0: No, but it hits him that he would love to tell Minnie and Roman. Rosemary reluctantly allows this, and he fucking runs out.
2: I'd be worried that, immediately. That, that that's his yeah. first yeah. thought?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I fucked up. I'm gonna, we need, I need to go. I'm yeah. going to pull yeah.
1: myself away from celebrating with you yeah. to go tell these random fucking mm. old people next to her. That's yeah. weird. Yeah.
0: That you tried to not have yes. anything to do with. I don't know. Well, I do know, but... But Rosemary looks in the mirror, telling herself that she's pregnant, but then remembering another blood sample. Just then, Minnie busts into the apartment, followed by Roman and Guy, remarking how great the news is.
1: You knew they were going to come over. Oh, of course. My first thought is they are going to be incessant now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if they were bad before...
0: This is going to be on another level. They meet Rosemary in the hallway, telling her congratulations, hugging her and offering a bottle of wine. Rosemary tells her the due date and Minnie asks if she has a good doctor. She says that she does, but Minnie recommends Abe Saperstein, a good friend and an even better obstetrician who delivers, quote, all the society babies.
1: I feel like I can see... (laughs) JP's just laughing. How this this would be a nice gesture, but I would be annoyed if I already have my own doctor that I'm comfortable with. Even I'm, they don't, they don't know how long she's been seeing right. him No. for her to basically be like, Oh, he's trash. Come see my, yeah, that yeah. would piss me off.
0: Roman echoes the sentiments of Dr. Saperstein guy even remembers his name from a talk show appearance. He did a few years back, which made me laugh because I'm like, yeah, let's pick our doctors because they've been on TV. Yeah. No yeah. Sh- <laughs> we all want to be fucking picked apart by Dr. Oz. Right? Right.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But Rosemary asks about Dr. Hill, who she clearly wants to see, but Guy says that he'll tell him something so that they can switch to Saperstein. Minnie says that she doesn't need to go to a doctor that nobody's ever heard of and that she deserves the best, and she goes immediately to call Saperstein on their phone.
2: What the fuck, man?
0: I don't like it. No. Who
2: cares Yeah. <laughs> nobody's heard of you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's
1: just insane. Like, was he on TV? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But as the wine is handed out, Minnie quickly confirms that Rosemary has an appointment tomorrow at 11, and it won't be for none of those high society prices neither.
1: It's like, all right, Minnie, I just, (laughs) okay.
0: But before getting off the phone, she says, no, not at all. And let's hope so. Nobody's concerned by this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do want to say, I know that Tarantino was a massive fan of Rosemary's baby. The scene with her on the phone talking reminds me a lot of the scene of the wolf on the phone in Pulp Fiction. Mm, yeah,
1: I can I can definitely see that.
0: Like, I think it's shot pretty much the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> but Minnie rejoins the group, buzzing at the thought of telling Laura Louise, but Rosemary asks her to keep it quiet for now. Roman says that there will be plenty of time to tell later, and they toast to a healthy baby. That night, Rosemary lies awake trying out names for the baby. She then overhears Minnie's voice echoing through the walls, which is interrupted by a loud siren outside. Guy tosses and turns as she gets out of bed, and she walks over to the vanity and opens up her jewelry box, placing the Tannis charm around her neck.
1: I wonder what compelled her to do that.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing. I don't know. It bothers me because you know where that's been. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, I don't. Even like when you're pregnant and stuff tastes weird and smells mm-hmm. weird, even if she was just like, I like the smell now or something like that, like, right. I would just like some kind of explanation. Yeah, yeah.
0: I honestly think her saying that would be perfectly fine with me. Right. Like whenever they ask if guy yeah. the next day was like, hey, I thought, I thought you didn't. Yeah, me. yeah. Yeah, that would work.
1: Because I feel like that kind of has a double meaning.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Put me in coach. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> But the next morning at her appointment, Dr. Saperstein, played by Ralph Bellamy, tells her not to listen to any of her friends or read any books because no two pregnancies are the same. How's he a doctor? I don't know. I'm saying
1: not not loving uh, a doctor that tells you not to yeah. read. No.
0: Like, you don't need to do that. I'm, yeah.
1: <laughs> and this is a recurring theme. This yes. keeps happening. And oh, I was yeah. getting so mad.
0: And it, again, it yes. feels like uh, the 60s. Right. He's like, my man eyes can tell me exactly. exactly what's going on. But she asks about the pills that Dr. Hill recommended, but Saperstein shoots that down immediately, telling her that Minnie has an herb garden and can make her a daily drink that'll be better than any pill. I was like, how is this legally okay? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where did you go to school, yeah. Yeah. sir?
0: Is this not malpractice? <laughs> did he go to Hollywood Upstairs Medical College? <laughs> but he says to call if she needs anything. And we cut to Rosemary receiving the first of those drinks, which looks like some kind of peppered milk. Right. It
1: looked like an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I I understand it does look like that. I was trying to be meaner because I don't trust her anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My thing is this. Look, I, I, I can get the all natural whatever. Yeah. But you're not telling the next lady that's pregnant the same thing you're telling me because she doesn't know... This lady, you're Minnie, recommending yeah, to give me true. the drink. Uh-huh. So why are you giving me a different? Regimen to follow, but not her.
0: That's fair. She
2: doesn't have the drink from this lady. So why can't I just do what she's doing? Yeah, you're telling us we're not all the same, but everybody Society else. Society baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're right because it's not like Minnie's drink is like at the Safeway or something. No. she's
2: not posted up. Yeah, at the, no, <laughs> in no. the lobby.
0: It's like uh, revitalizing tonic. Yeah. <laughs>
2: fight mouth <laughs> yes <exactly. laughs>
0: many initially won't tell her what's in it joking that it's snips and snails and puppy dog tails mm. which they say is what boys are made of yeah. right but as a boy i can confirm that's horse shit <laughs> 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 the propaganda yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of it i'm fucking sick of it but <laughs> she does learn what's in it raw egg gelatin herbs tannis root and some other things She literally Mm -hmm. says some other things. Yeah. Cool. But sometime later, Rosemary returns home with a short haircut and guy says the one thing you absolutely want to hear when you've gotten a new haircut. What's that?
1: I was, (laughs) if I thought I couldn't get any angry, dude, it's such a drastic change. It's this little pixie haircut Mm -hmm. that took fucking balls to get. Right. She's already pregnant don't even if you hate it you don't fucking say that no No. i was i was so mad
0: interestingly i read in an interview that mia farrow said that she had actually done this pixie cut herself right and that the hair that she has at the beginning of the film was a piece designed by vidal sassoon huh and that because in the film she says that vidal Sassoon, yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, so i was like that's interesting yeah (laughs) But I would have just assumed, oh, that's what it was. They said that they did a publicity thing of her getting her hair cut and that Vidal Sassoon actually only cut like an inch off of what she had already cut previously. Uh, Wow. But he does get credited in the film for having given her this haircut. Wow. I think at the beginning of the film it says hairstyle by Vidal Sassoon. Wow. So I'm like, all right. Whatever. (laughs) It just seemed like a very odd credit. But Guy says that he hopes that she didn't pay for it.
1: And she just takes that like yeah. she doesn't even fully react to him being a fucking piece of shit Not No, at all.
2: yeah i again i i've i watched this and i was just like oh my god dude i want to <laughs> fucking slug the shit out of you i'm like what are you doing <laughs> like everything you can do wrong you're doing uh-huh. i was like i don't understand what's happening and
0: he gets progressively worse No, yeah this is just hurtful oh no yeah But Rosemary switches the subject to a sharp pain in her abdomen that she says she's been feeling since Monday. She rests on the couch, telling an agitated and concerned guy that she's going to go see Saperstein on Wednesday when asked. At that appointment, Saperstein tells her that it's just a normal expansion of the pelvis, and she says that she was concerned that it was an ectopic pregnancy. Saperstein's like, ectopic pregnancy? I told you not to read!
1: How dare you educate yourself, you oh, stupid
0: woman! Man. It's unbelievable. Throw your coffee in his face, <laughs> yeah, please. Just, please. For what real? the fuck are you
2: talking about? Please,
1: literally being told that I would switch doctors. Oh, no, no, like, yeah. The fact that <laughs> she got talked into leaving the guy that was supposed to right. be doing all this to come to this ass. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm. I'm so mad for her.
0: Even worse, as it turns out, she did buy a book at the drugstore, mm-hmm. and so Saperstein makes her promise to throw it away. it's like i'm fuming No, it unbelievable but back at the apartment rosemary is playing scrabble with guy but excuses herself to the bedroom she sits down in a chair and rocks herself a bit as eerie music plays she returns saying that she looks awful guy says that she looks great it's that fucking haircut
1: shut the (laughs) fuck up (laughs)
0: He calls it the worst mistake she ever made.
1: Now, I know the worst mistake she ever no, made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not there yeah, No.
0: But in the next scene, we see Rosemary cutting a steak in half, literally kissing it in the pan and sitting down to enjoy it while she writes Christmas cards.
1: The doctor says that a key to a healthy pregnancy is pretty much raw meat yes and that there's no such thing as the ectopic pregnancy of, saperstein is just yeah. i mean he's killing the game right now that's why
0: he was on tv right yes. <laughs> i mean when i say she kissed the steak she kissed it on the cheek because yeah. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable and I, I will say i'm into the Passage of time and like weird stuff kind of creeping in. Right, right. But this is where we kind of get to the point where I think the movie could have received some cuts. Right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy this because I'm like, okay, now you know the appointment was in November. Yeah. This is December, and we're going. Yeah. But I don't know.
1: I did read that this was originally like four hours long. Oh my
0: god, that's a lot.
1: (laughs) 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 I mean, they had to have cut a lot, but I I feel like they still had some cutting to do. Yeah.
2: Unless some aliens are going to come and Captain America is going to come save the city. It (laughs) does not need need to be four (laughs) hours long
0: at all. (laughs) But sometime later, Rosemary is visited by Hutch, who reacts very negatively to her haircut and the way she looks. In all fairness, in the shadows, she does look skeletal. She looks
1: horrible.
0: It's honestly like when you see her and she's smiling and talking, it's almost a little frightening. It is. Because she has this radiant, like... There's an energy to her, but it's almost subdued. And like it's awful. She looks
1: gaunt. Yeah. I mean, she looks really just sickly. Yeah.
0: But she shares the news that she's pregnant and he says that pregnant women gain weight. They don't lose it. But she just says that she hasn't been sleeping well and that it's nothing serious. Hutch congratulates her nonetheless and asks about her doctor. As it turns out, Saperstein delivered two of Hutch's grandchildren.
1: It did make me feel a little bit better, at least, that someone outside of the circle Mm -hmm. had been taken care of by him. Right.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, when you just hear it from Minnie. Yeah. And the shit that Saperstein's saying. Yeah. This feels awful. Come on. But Hutch asks just how much weight she's lost. And when she only says three pounds, he finds it very hard to believe. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But he yields to Saperstein's experience when she says that it's normal to lose in the beginning and gain weight later. But just then, the doorbell rings and it's Roman asking if she needs anything and if Guy is home yet. When Rosemary says that he isn't, he stands there a little awkwardly, almost waiting for Rosemary to admit that she has a visitor. She's basically forced to ask him inside to meet Hutch, but when he steps inside, she focuses on his ear, realizing that it's pierced. I guess this was a big deal back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she introduces him to Hutch, saying that she was just telling him how he and Minnie set her up with Saperstein. Roman is pleased to know that Hutch is aware of the good news, but says Rosemary needs her rest. Hutch admits that he was alarmed by her appearance, but Roman just repeats exactly what Rosemary said earlier about losing in the beginning and gaining later. Rosemary tells him of the fresh drinks that Minnie prepares, and Roman slags off commercial vitamins with unfavorable comparisons. Hutch lights up a pipe as Roman stares at him, almost like, fucking furiously. Yes. Rosemary discusses the drink, including the Tannis root, which shocks Hutch, who asks for clarification. Anise or Oris? Roman's like, it's Tannis. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. like, hey. Sorry. <laughs> but Hutch looks at her necklace, jumping back at the smell, saying it looks more like mold or fungus. Yeah. Hutch admires the charm, and after learning that the Castafets gave it to her, says that they're looking after her better than even her parents. But Roman gets up to leave, hutch saying that it was a pleasure meeting him, and Roman exits after telling hutch, we'll meet again, I'm sure. It
1: sounded like a threat.
2: Yes, yeah. it did. W- why did you need to come over here and meet my friend? You didn't
0: at all. Uh, uh,
2: I was like,
1: what? He's like, what are y'all talking about? Yeah. Over here?
0: He just <laughs> makes himself at home and I it again, it feels strange now and makes perfect sense later. Yeah. yeah. But over coffee in the kitchen, and as Far again plays in the background, Rosemary tells Hutch that she noticed Roman's pierced ears. Hutch says, pierced ears and piercing eyes. It's like, I'm glad he noticed. Yeah, Yeah, because he he was. (laughs) Because Roman hates you, dude. (laughs) But he asks about Minnie, who Rosemary says is nosy but helpful the two of them almost becoming parental figures for Guy, but she thinks that they can be too friendly and too helpful sometimes. Mm-hmm. But this is when Guy suddenly returns home, greeting them and joining them for coffee after dumping a carton of cigarettes on the table. It's funny because like, he says that he's home because they're doing rewrites and he's like, stupid bastards. I'm like, yeah. you should be thankful yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that you have a part at all.
1: Um, and. The way that he came back and she's like, you're home early. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, almost like somebody called you to come home. Yeah." Yeah.
0: Rush back. But as he sits down and opens up a pack of cigarettes, Rosemary tells Guy of Hutch's connection to Saperstein and Hutch tells him that he met Roman earlier. Rosemary asks if he noticed Roman has pierced ears, but Guy doesn't seem to really notice anything. Yeah. He does, however, apologize to Hutch for being so out of commission lately with everything going on. But Hutch says that they should have dinner again soon. He gets up to leave, thanking them for the coffee, and the three walk into the hallway. Guy gets Hutch's coat for him, but Hutch notices that he's missing a glove. They search the closet, but don't come up with it, and Hutch assumes that he left it at city center. But he confirms dinner for next week and says goodbye to the both of them. I... This is a lot. Yeah. Because I'm just imagining a certain group of people about to violently chant over a glove yeah <laughs>
2: yes like that's... That, that's all i was like poor exactly old guy. I mean, yeah, yeah, he didn't was, even do yeah. anything but question yeah. yeah
0: but as soon as hutch is gone rosemary tells guy that hutch told her she looked terrible guy shrugs it off calling hutch a professional crepe hanger before stepping out himself to go get the paper for the record a crepe hanger is a pessimist Mm. I only know that because I've hung a lot of crepes in my day
1: <laughs> I just feel like he could have been like, You don't look terrible. Like, I mean, he doesn't even reassure her. Yeah. He's, He's just like, Man, fuck Hutch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm
0: going to get the paper. Just- <laughs> but later that night, Guy watches the television way too close, but gets a phone call bringing it into Rosemary, who appears very weak resting in bed. It's Hutch. He asks if she's able to go out and if she'll meet him tomorrow in front of the Time Life building. She says she can, but she asks what it's about. He refuses to answer, but says to meet for an early lunch, which she agrees to. He also shares that he didn't find his glove at City Center, but bids her good night and a good rest.
1: When they got off the phone, I was like, something is telling me that this lunch meeting is not going to happen.
0: I was very concerned, especially with what happens right now. Yeah, (laughs) Guy immediately asks what it was about, But she really has no answers, only telling him where they're meeting and when. Rosemary! (laughs) Yeah. Immediately after hearing those details, guys like, Does ice cream sound good? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You want some ice cream? I'm going to get us some ice cream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know who has ice cream? Minnie and Roman. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He immediately leaves (laughs) as Rosemary turns over in pain, holding her abdomen. The next morning before heading out to meet Hutch, Rosemary stops by the cast apartment, telling Minnie that she won't be home for her 11 o'clock herbal drink. Minnie seems oddly cool with it, and Rosemary steps out. We see that a crowd is gathered outside the Time Life building, including a man in a Santa Claus suit ringing a bell. Rosemary looks around for Hutch, but doesn't see him anywhere, and walks over to sit near Radio City Music Hall. When I was a kid, I thought that this building was the coolest because oh, yeah. I think they had the VMAs there once.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all
0: it took. But Rosemary, looking a bit zombified, verbally wishes her pain away before laughing at herself for doing so. In the distance, she sees a man waving and stands up thinking it's Hutch, but it's just some other dude meeting up with some other lady. How embarrassing. How embarrassing.
2: Don't you hate when that happens? Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, well, you weren't talking to me. Was it just me or was the music set a different kind of tone for what was going on here? I, in my notes, yeah. I put, I love the music here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing bad, but I was just like, okay, this is way different than what was going on earlier.
0: From what I understand, the composer was also a very famous jazz musician. Yeah. And that's this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. clearly. But after waiting for 15 minutes, she decides to head inside and call Hutch on the phone. Grace Cardiff, a friend of Hutch's, played by Hannah Landy, answers the phone. Rosemary tells her of their plans to meet today, only to find out that Hutch took ill this morning and is now in a coma at St. Vincent's Hospital. Of course he is. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was going to say I fucking knew it. I didn't know he was going to be in a coma, but no. I yeah. knew something horrible was going to happen. Yeah. To
0: him. I swear if Guy did not bring back ice cream last night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> motherfucker. But Rosemary says that she just saw him at 1030 last night. And Grace is like, well, I saw him at 11. I'm like, it's not a contest. I I don't know what that means. But Grace says that she's headed to the hospital now as Hutch is still unresponsive. And when asked, tells Rosemary that there really isn't anything she can do. Rosemary just walks through the streets of New York as creepy music plays. But she stops to stare at a nativity scene in a window. Fairly symbolic
1: absolutely Mm -hmm.
0: very interesting but suddenly a very loud very familiar voice calls out to her it's Minnie she's like what a coincidence yeah
1: yeah coincidence
0: right sure it is yeah yeah Yeah. I literally told you I was leaving (laughs) (laughs) but she says that since Rosemary went out she thought she'd do the same thing and go get some Christmas shopping done Rosemary is clearly in a lot of pain so Minnie offers to take her home and forego the early Christmas present shopping Minnie blows a whistle, alerting a cab. I didn't know people did this. Yeah, <laughs> Minnie does I was this. She's like, like, I work as a crossing <laughs> guard. <laughs> I'm actually the gym coach at the high school. Right? <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> but <laughs> back at home, Rosemary sits doubled over in front of the television, breathing in and out as it rains heavily outside. We then cut to a New Year's Eve party where Rosemary discusses her pain with Dr. Saperstein. He tells her not to worry and that it should stop any day now. Rosemary decides that she's not going to go out anymore, and Saperstein tells her that she doesn't have to. But Minnie pops up with Doctor Shand, a dentist played by Phil Leeds, who actually made the chain for Rosemary's charm necklace. Yeah, cool. Dentists love making yeah, no. yeah.
1: I was, like, <laughs> I was like, you guys sure know a lot of
0: doctors. Yeah, yeah, little, little eerie. Mm. Yeah. But champagne glasses. They know two doctors. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's <laughs> what guy <laughs> plays
0: a doctor?
1: That's, <laughs> yeah. That's basically three. Right.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> champagne glasses are handed out to the partygoers. And as the clock strikes midnight, Roman toasts to 1966, the year one. Sorry? Yeah. yeah. And nobody Rosemary <laughs> no. <laughs> Rosemary's not like, I'm, what was that yeah. last thing he said? <laughs> the interesting thing is that. The Church of Satan was founded in 1966, and Anton LaVey called it the year one. So yeah, maybe that part's true. Well, that's yeah. why he played the devil in this. God damn right. it. <laughs> <laughs> but sometime later, Rosemary, who is preparing a chicken dinner in the apartment, scoops up the chicken heart and devours it hungrily like a fucking ghoul before catching her reflection in a toaster. Yeah she's like what have i become yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's a fucking sobering moment yeah. right there
0: who among us hasn't caught themselves in the <laughs> toaster eating a heart of a chicken <laughs> from what i read mia farrow was a vegetarian at the time uh-huh and she actually ate raw chicken liver oh wow for this portion and i think because of all the takes roman polanski made her do it a few times no
1: of course he did of course he did
0: yeah i mean it's it's awful yeah it's just bad but she washes her mouth out in the sink and later guy finds her in the kitchen with a cookbook opened annoyed. He asks what she's doing.
1: She's literally sitting at the table. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing?
0: (laughs) I don't understand how this is a problem. He's like, is that a book? (laughs) That's why. (laughs) But she says that she's planning the menu for a dinner party on January 22nd for their young friends, Minnie Roman and their ilk will not be invited. You have to be under 60 to get in
1: ageist but
0: (laughs) (laughs) you'd be checking ids at the door Yeah, (laughs) but after joking around a little guy suggests that she check with sapristine first because of her pain rosemary who is clearly starting to get fed up with all the bullshit says that the pain will go away in a couple of days haven't you heard i'm like more of this rosemary yeah yes i like that you're fucking over it boss up yeah but a few days before the party, Minnie arrives at the apartment, noticing a spread of all types of food Rosemary is about to prepare. She's curious, and Rosemary tells her that they're having friends over on Saturday, friends that she hasn't seen in forever and who don't even know that she's pregnant. Don't
1: even tell her. Yeah. No. Don't even tell yeah. her about it.
0: I feel like you could just say, oh, we're no, we're eating a lot tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Yeah, no big deal. I'm, I'm pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Minnie offers her services, both to help dish out food or to take coats, but Rosemary declines both offers. Minnie pulls a Freddy versus Jason and is like, well, at least drink your juice. <laughs> but Rosemary refuses to do that, saying that she'll do it later. She then politely rushes Minnie out of the apartment, saying it makes her nervous for people to watch her cook.
1: This I like, because it's oh, like, yeah. you're, you're getting smart.
0: Mm-hmm. yes. Minnie tells her to drink it before it loses its vitamins, and Rosemary closes the door. I don't know that vitamins can just... Yeah, I don't... She's like,
1: drink (laughs) it now, now, now!
0: (laughs) (laughs) But she returns to the kitchen and dumps the drink down the sink. There you go. Good. Yes. At the party, a ton of Rosemary's incredibly attractive friends congratulate her pregnancy. It's a very lively affair full of music, people, and energy. They're going hard. They, they are. are. Uh, I get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: Is that fucking jumble water?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the doorbell rings and Rosemary opens it to greet her friend Pedro, played by Jamie Simone Gomez. He brings her roses, but upon noticing her appearance, tells her that she looks like a piece of chalk and implores Guy to feed her.
1: Why does everyone in her life yeah. immediately feel the need to criticize her appearance the second that they see yeah. her?
0: It's striking.
1: It is striking, but you who, who said, oh my God, like yeah.
0: who says that? Well, <laughs> I, I guess I just have better friends.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Guy passes through a group of friends who are discussing Adrian Marcado and the cannibalistic Trench sisters to go grab a drink. It's funny because one of the guy goes and they ate when I say they ate the kids. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: like, well, what else could That's, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's me at a party. I wasn't even judging that,
0: dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how the yeah, yeah. It's like,
0: good lord. <laughs> but Rosemary brings roses to Elise Dunstan, played by Emmeline Henry, who also tells her that she looks tired. Elise is surprised to learn that Rosemary isn't seeing Doctor Hill, but Dr. Saperstein. But before they can chat about it, Guy rolls up on the scene requesting Elise's assistance in bringing more snacks to the partygoers.
1: This felt extremely calculated. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, he really swooped in to stop that conversation yeah. that was about to happen.
0: Uh, yeah. It l- too suspicious, one might yes. say. But in a crowd, various people ask Guy about Donald Baumgart and whether or not he's still blind, and Guy's like, excuse me, (laughs) and just leaves.
1: Well, I mean, maybe he feels a little, maybe a little guilty. He's like, I'm
0: trying to have fun tonight. (laughs) But Rosemary brings the roses into the living room, and before setting them down, takes a moment to get herself right. Claudia, played by Carol Brewster, notices and asks if she's okay. Okay. Rosemary says that it was just a cramp and it's over now, but we immediately cut to Rosemary crying in the kitchen, surrounded by Elise and a couple of other friends, played by Marion Gordon and Wendy Wagner. They do not get names, but Guy hovers in the background in the window of the kitchen door, and when he tries to get in, Marianne stops him. It's very funny because he was talking to the bartender earlier yeah, and the bartender was just going on and on and on. But the second that they turn away from the door, the bartender pops up out of nowhere <laughs> and offers Guy a drink. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen, man,
1: I did appreciate that. Her friends have her back though. Right, at right.
0: this point. Yes. It's like,
1: she doesn't need you coming in here mm. right now.
0: No. Rosemary explains that the pains are worrying her and all the girls are surprised to hear that she's been feeling them since November. They tell her to see another doctor, but Rosemary says that Saperstein's great. I have not seen this.
1: No, you keep being told that he's great, but you've not witnessed any of this greatness.
0: He was on that talk show. Yeah. He was. (laughs) But Elise tells her that the pain is a warning and to go see Dr. Hill because she can't go on like this. Rosemary declares that she will not have an abortion, but her friends say that that's not what they're telling her to do. Just go see another doctor and get a second opinion.
1: This was sad to me because it, it's clear that she does have friends that care about her right. mm-hmm. and she's been isolated from all of them.
0: And it is interesting to me as well that you have Hutch is like a father figure for mm-hmm. her. These girls are like treating her in a way that everyone should be treating her. Right, yeah. right. But they had to shut out guy to do it. Yes. Both times. Physically. Yeah. But after the party is over, guy stalks around the filthy apartment as Rosemary sits in a chair He says they should just move instead of clean up, but Rosemary tells him that she's going to go see Dr. Hill, repeating the words of her friends that pain like this is a warning.
1: Don't even tell him. Just go.
0: Yeah. She also says that she's not going to drink Minnie's herbal concoction anymore. She'll be taking vitamins. She hasn't had it for the past three days, in fact, and she's actually made her own drink. Guy is pissed. He asks... Is that what those bitches were giving you in there? Not bitches. She says, don't call my friends bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my
1: God.
0: But she defends her friends and Guy loses it, calling them bitches once again and saying that Dr. Hill is a nobody.
1: I don't have- this importance on having yeah, a famous doctor is
0: just. I don't know if it's about status, you know, yeah. I,
1: I guess, but it is very stupid. Oh, it right. is.
0: But struggling for an excuse, Guy says that he won't let her get a second opinion because uh, it's, it's not fair to Saperstein. Yeah.
2: Fuck Saperstein. Oh, man. You, who
0: cares? <laughs> the argument reaches its peak when suddenly Rosemary stops. Out of nowhere, she realizes that the pain is gone. Guy pleads with Rosemary, asking the ingredients of the drink she made. She starts to list them, but before she finishes, she's overcome with joy as she feels the baby moving inside of her. Guy feels it, too, but he pulls his hand away like she's got a hot belly or something. Yeah, Uh, he didn't seem like he really wanted to touch her at all. I was very confused and concerned by that. But relieved, Rosemary sits down laughing almost spookily as Guy, clearly uneasy, returns to cleaning up the mess at the party. Mm -hmm. He's like, actually I will go clean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: He's like, You want some ice cream?
0: (laughs) As months pass, we see one of the rooms being remodeled into a nursery as Rosemary watches on with Minnie drinking one of her herbal drinks and eating a piece of her cake.
1: I was mad yes. all over again. Of
0: course.
2: Yeah, all I could think was Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You went right back to believing their bullshit. Yes. Yes. I was like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. are you
0: doing? And literally, it's not, I don't understand she was making such a stand. Is it simply yeah. because the pain stopped? I think so. But the pain stopped with your drink. Yeah. Correct. All right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the I, she kept saying that, dr saperstein was like it'll stop in a few days it'll stop it yeah. if you say that forever eventually it's gonna be right yeah. he yeah. was telling her that for months yeah that doesn't mean that he was right when it finally happened yeah. he's like told
0: you <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> but we see them move in the bassinet and the cradle and a bunch of other baby business Rosemary joyfully opens a box of baby clothes with Guy, and we notice that she's actually starting to look healthier and happier.
1: She looks so much better. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: You notice she wears a lot of yellow in this movie?
1: She wears a lot of yellow until she doesn't wear a lot of yellow.
0: These are the facts. Yeah. Because she's wearing yellow right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) But in what we learn to be the end of her third trimester, Rosemary packs a suitcase for the hospital. Guy, oddly annoyed that she's doing it so early as the baby isn't due for three weeks...
1: Babies don't care what day you think they're coming.
0: No, I was early.
1: You were very early. You should be prepared. There's nothing wrong with being prepared.
0: But the telephone rings and it's Mrs. Cardiff. She brings terrible news, which Rosemary relays to Guy. Hutch is dead. Guy doesn't react at all, but Rosemary says she feels terrible for not thinking of him all this time. She was going through a lot. She was,
1: and it's so sad because... All he was trying to do was help. Mm -hmm. Uh huh.
0: The thing about what I had mentioned earlier about the composer's death is that it mimics Hutch's death in the film. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Where I believe he got into a fight or he was in a car accident or something. Mm -hmm. The story on Cursed Films was kind of mixed, but he hit his head in such a way that it gave him a hematoma and he was in a coma for months and then he eventually passed away, just like Hutch. And so, that's so sad. People, yeah. of course, attribute it to the curse. Right, right. Which, you know, eh, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. But the next morning, Rosemary arrives at the cemetery for Hutch's funeral, alone.
1: I mean, of course.
0: I thought that was strange.
1: A- a guy's an asshole. Yeah. I'm, that's, of course.
0: You're like This is the least worst thing he's done. Yes. <laughs> but we see that the funeral is ending and Rosemary rushes over to introduce herself to Hutch's daughters, Doris and Edna. But before they can chat at all, Grace Cardiff walks up, introducing herself. She has a package for Rosemary from Hutch. He woke up towards the end thinking that it was the day he was supposed to meet Rosemary, and he wanted to give her a book. Also, in his assumed delirium, he wanted to tell Rosemary that, quote, the name is an anagram. They part ways. Rosemary, very confused.
1: Hutch with the assist from beyond the grave. Yes,
0: I am. MVP. I'm glad to know you, (laughs) Hutch. But back at home for barely even a minute, the doorbell rings, and of course, it's Minnie with her drink and cake. She grows curious about the package that Rosemary is holding and offers to hold it for her while she eats and drinks. In that short moment, Minnie recognizes Grace's address as a house where an old friend used to live and remarks that Grace is one of her favorite names.
2: Stop looking at my shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was so mad. I was yeah. like, wh- "Why did you let her take the book?" Yeah. Yes. I I don't care how rude I would have seemed. I'd have been like, "No,
0: what? What do you? You don't need to see what this is." Absolutely not. Minnie's take, like, "Yeah,
2: take your cake and whatever, and fuck off." She's like, like,
0: "You want ice cream?" Yeah. <laughs> ice cream sounds great right now, but she weighs the package in her hand, realizing that it's a book. So she's it's unbelievable yeah. how nosy she is. But after they part company, Rosemary opens the package to see that the book is titled "All of Them Witches."
1: My mind is immediately trying to rearrange the words. Of, of course, the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: She leafs through it, seeing photographs of witchcraft practitioners throughout history, and reads an underlined passage: "The fungus they call the devil's pepper." I think we know what that is? Hmm. Yeah. She sits down to read further, finding a chapter on Adrian Marcato, born 1846. The story breaks with what we've heard, though. He was killed outside by a mob, not in the lobby, like Hutch said. It's not that big of a deal, but Rosemary seems really surprised by it. Yeah. And it never comes up. No. She's like, (laughs) in, (laughs) outside. (laughs) But Rosemary's kind of very dramatic. Yes. So, you know. But there's also a photo of Adrian, his wife and their son, Stephen, whose name is underlined. She shrugs it off, saying that there really are no witches. But then it hits her the name is an anagram rosemary retrieves her scrabble set dumping the tiles on the floor
1: really smart
0: yeah. yeah she tries to find an anagram for all of them witches coming up with comes with the fall pretty clever Mm-hmm. she then forms elf shot lame witch not as clever <laughs> that time <laughs> And she ends with how is hell fact me and has a leftover tea. So. Uh. <laughs> it's not that. Her cleverness is really dwindling. <laughs> That's what I'm trying she, to say. She started strong. <laughs> She's like, I uh, came out a little yeah. too strong. <laughs> but as she puts the tiles away, she is struck again with an idea, picking up the book and looking at the underlined Stephen. Eerie music plays as we see the tiles spell out Stephen Mercado. Without a second thought, she moves the letters around to spell Roman Castivette.
2: Fuck, run, yeah. bitch, run. Yeah, yes. you know.
0: I'm just, done. i yeah. was a little
1: annoyed with Hutch the whole time she's trying to figure this out because mm. I'm like, if you had the wherewithal to say the name is an anagram, you could have said his name is an anagram. Yeah. You could have written it in the book. You could have said Roman Castavet's uh, yeah. an anagram. Well, <laughs> I mean,
0: what, what if she's like, okay, the name T H E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in AME. I, mean, I got nothing. B. Yeah. More specific. Yeah. Like I got leftover tea. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the sound. The music kind of shrieks as she realizes it. Mm-hmm. It's a great ending. But later, Guy arrives home to find that Rosemary has locked the door. She lets him inside, bringing her flowers and a shirt that he bought for himself. He boasts about the shirt twice that it's in the that was in the New Yorker. Yeah. I don't, status, status, yeah, status. He's like the New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> But Rosemary is not about that right now, asking him immediately if he knows who Roman really is. He's Adrian Marcado's son. Guy looks disappointed in her, Yeah. but she tells him that his name is an anagram and shows him the photos from Hutch's book. Guy calls it a coincidence, but Rosemary shows him that Stephen's age even matches up to Roman's. I was like, why didn't Roman lie about his age? Yeah. Right. He literally told him, he's like, I'm 79. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Dude.
2: Why are you just telling him anything? I Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> stop
2: talking to him.
1: She, I, I totally agree with that. Well, because when she's talking, I'm like, he's not even going to fucking no, believe yeah. you anyway. No.
0: But the surprising thing is he does believe Yeah, her. I was yeah. very shocked. I could not believe it because he's been doing that spouse bullshit, you know? Yeah. yeah but he does still belittle it. He does. He says that with a whacked out father like Adrian, it's no wonder that Roman changed his name. But what he doesn't believe is that Roman is a witch. He's like, it's 1966. I'm like, all right. I don't know if that has to do with anything. Rosemary isn't done, though. She says that the book came out in 1933, and there's plenty of evidence of ongoing covens all over the world, including here. She reminds him of the parties that they have with the food and the chanting. She says, yeah, the chanting. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Remember? Should have led with the chanting. I don't know. She says with the food. I'm like, every yeah. party, <laughs> even non-witch the good, parties. The good yeah. ones have food. Yeah. But she says that these are their Sabbaths. She says that they use blood in their rituals, the most powerful of which is baby's blood. She says that the cast of vets will not come anywhere near them or the baby ever again from here on out. They have lost their L.A. privileges. Yes. <laughs> Guy disagrees, saying that they're just old people with old friends. Rosemary even says that they're going to sublet and move out, but Guy is not down. He tells her to stop reading that book and forces her to give it to him. He puts it on the top shelf like she's a child. I'm I'm just, I don't even have words. You're just over it. I'm over it. But later at Saperstein's office, Rosemary has spilled everything to him.
1: Why would you tell their <laughs> I friend? Yeah. I
0: don't know. Saperstein says that Roman told him his father was a coffee importer, which again conflicts with him telling Guy that he was a theater producer. Saperstein even understands that Rosemary wants nothing to do with them anymore and sets her mind at ease, saying that he didn't see any evidence of anything harmful from Minnie's drinks. But he offers to give her vitamins for the remainder of her pregnancy, and he shares a bit of confidential news. He says it might solve a problem for her and the cast of vets. Roman is very ill... Maybe a month or two left to live and he wanted to revisit some of his favorite cities, but didn't want to offend Rosemary by leaving before the birth.
1: Why would he be telling their business like
0: yeah. this? Because he's the worst doctor. The yeah. giant
1: <laughs> fucking red flag. Like, I don't believe a word coming out of his mouth. Not
0: at all. Well, I believe him because he's been nothing but terrible this whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, why wouldn't he violate? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fair point.
0: But Saperstein offers to tell Roman that he spoke with her and that everything's pizza so we can go take the trip. In fact, he'll make sure that the Castavets leave on Sunday. So this is the part where I was really upset and I was like, Well maybe Rosemary is just not very smart. Right. Because Saperstein is the one who suggested Minnie's drinks in the first place. Yeah. And she's like, Thank you, Doctor Saperstein yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm like, What the fuck? He's He's part of yeah. it. I would assume that everyone that they introduced
2: me to uh-huh. was in on it. Oh no, yeah.
0: And they talked at the the fucking Castavets' New Year's party. Right. He was on the couch. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Comfortable. <laughs> You've been here before. Yes, dude. It's it's a lot. But outside the Bramford on Sunday, the Woodhouses say their goodbyes to the cast of vets loading them into a taxi. They wish Rosemary the best with her pregnancy, and everything seems genuine between them.
1: This is staged as fuck. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. That was
0: my whole, all of my notes for the scene. This part (laughs) made me laugh because it was too obvious. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Because as the taxi pulls away, Roman waves his hat out the window, and Minnie waves her hand wearing a white glove. Yeah. I was like, you couldn't have written this. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking ridiculous but rosemary is happy to see them go later in the apartment rosemary goes to retrieve hutch's book but can't find it she asks guy where it is and he tells her plainly oh i threw it in the garbage that
1: was the last thing our dead friend gave me yeah, yeah.
0: and that's exactly what she says and i'm he, just he goes oh i wasn't thinking about hutch when i did it <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry. I was like,
2: God damn this dude. (laughs)
0: It's like, well, you were clearly thinking about yourself (laughs) as usual, but he apologizes. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, but he stuffs a pill into her mouth and hands her a glass of water. The next day, Rosemary walks through the streets of New York crossing the road as traffic just goes around her drivers stopping and getting pissed off.
1: I read that Polanski really had her walk out into traffic like this why because he told her (laughs) that uh nobody would hit a pregnant woman so the cars would stop
0: he was right
1: i mean he (laughs) was right the way that she does it though i literally thought this was a dream yeah me too because she is just wandering out into Mm. the middle of the
0: street with no regard no No. not at all left right left none of that no (laughs) (laughs) but she takes off her tannis charm and throws it into the sewer before stopping at a bookstore and snagging a few more books about witchcraft she opens them up in the back of a taxi and starts to read them. When she reads a passage saying that the power of a coven can blind, deafen, paralyze, or kill a chosen victim, she's shook.
1: I mean, that's evidence yeah. because there's been blindness and death. Mm-hmm. And I am counting this as a research scene.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, holy shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, no, she's just reading. Hold on. <laughs> I didn't see Vincent D'Onofrio on Skype. <laughs> But even worse, in their apartment, she reads that spells cannot be cast without one of the victim's belongings. Kind of explains something. Yeah. Yeah. But we cut to her calling Donald Baumgart, played by Tony Curtis, on the the phone. I was very surprised. Tony Curtis, obviously a a brilliant actor in his own right, Mm -hmm. but he's also Jamie Lee Curtis's father, Yeah, which is really cool. This apparently happened as a joke at first because he was on set. He was friends with Mia Farrow and Roman Polanski. And so Polanski like put him up to it. And the result is the entire scene. You see Rosemary be- seeming a little uneasy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because Mia Farrow is trying to figure out who he is. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it works though. Yeah, yeah, it does. But realizing who she is, Baumgart lists her fortunes and how great her life must be living in the Bram. She asks how he is, and he says that he only broke six glasses today. She says that she and Guy are unhappy that he got his big break because of Baumgart's misfortune, and he does soften a little bit. But Rosemary learns that some time ago, at Guy's request, he switched ties with Baumgart in a trade. She says that she thought he had only borrowed it, but no.
1: This is so terrible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. first of all all this man did was be talented yeah that's That's all that's all he did wrong
0: and guys like this fucking yeah yeah
1: but also this happened before any of the weird shit started happening yes so all that tells you is that guy was in on this literally from the fucking beginning
0: yeah
2: no she knows she's fucked
0: oh yeah 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 what if this was the proof for guy to continue no right he's like let's see it just
1: it just it's giving uh what's in it for me. Mm. This is what's in it for him. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: oh you got a bus? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but overcome, she hangs up from Baumgart after he repeats that there hasn't been any improvement in his condition, but it was nice of her to call. Rosemary grabs her hospital suitcase, her pills, some cash and her purse and leaves the apartment, taking the elevator down. But Rosemary arrives at Dr. Saperstein's office, and after making small talk with other patients and the receptionist played by Marilyn Harvey, Rosemary picks up an issue of Time Magazine. On the cover, in big red words, it reads, Is God Dead?
1: Damn, Time Magazine? God damn.
0: This was a real cover. Really? Yeah. (laughs) And it was very controversial. And I think that's what makes me think that it's so surprising that Rosemary's Baby was so successful. Yeah. Because they're, if people are complaining about this magazine cover, there's not a picture of, of like the devil getting up in them guts or anything yeah. <laughs> 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 on the fucking cover.
1: No. And getting, nowhere. Yeah. No. And they're getting- Getting up in them uh, guts.
0: <laughs> they're getting letters to the editor <laughs> <laughs> about three words. I'm just shook. But- The receptionist remarks that her perfume is a drastic improvement of the other scent that she was using.
1: (laughs) Because you usually smell like shit. This is when I was like, because in my mind, I don't know, I guess I'm thinking what I would have done. I thought she was at Dr. Hill's office. So did I.
0: I was surprised to hear that she's not. Yes. I actually wrote when I was doing my outline. I was like, and at Dr. Hill's office. Yes. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Rosemary. Yeah. Yeah rosemary says that it wasn't perfume that she was wearing that was a charm that she was given and that she's since thrown away the receptionist says that she hopes that saperstein will follow her example as he has the same smell every once in a while something that rosemary never noticed because she was wearing the charm on her neck what no way i gotta go (laughs) Saperstein?
1: what Like, come
0: on we've been new yeah. that's like
1: come on but man. I, didn't,
0: I didn't know he was on tannis <laughs> <laughs> that's surprising <laughs> but she does immediately excuse herself and heads to a payphone outside calling dr hill i'm like it took you long enough but i'm glad you've arrived here yeah but she leaves a message with his answering service and after waiting for him to call back and pretending to be on the phone so nobody outside gets annoyed that made me laugh yeah because she, she's really not good at it no <laughs> she's like he said what what do you mean he said that and then he said
3: what you already said was that like, did,
0: even people outside are like are you on the phone right what did he say <laughs> hurry the fuck up i gotta call my doctor yeah. <laughs> but the answering service calls back but just for clarification as she waits for hill to call back she says to herself that they're all in it together all of them witches. Correct. She chuckles to herself mm-hmm. and then like promises herself that she'll protect her unborn baby. The second part I understand. Yeah. The chuckle I do not understand. Yeah. It's just such an odd acting choice. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. She's like, all of them witches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? This is the worst time of your life. No <laughs> sh- <laughs> Sometimes you gotta laugh, man. I I guess. That's what this show is, but. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Hill finally calls her back, and she tells him of the trouble with Saperstein, and she wants him to deliver the baby instead. She tells him there's a plot against her, and begs him to let her come in right now. He finally relents, allowing her to come in, and she tells him not to listen to any pleads from anyone, including her husband. He's like, I'm not listening. I'm going to go take a nap. He literally says, that. yeah, <laughs> like, a, I'm listening to the fucking Z's yeah. coming out of my head because it's a cartoon, I guess. But <laughs> she gets off the phone. But when she turns to leave, a man is standing there with his back to the phone booth. He looks a lot like Saperstein. She's full of fear until he turns around friendly, smoking a cigar, just wanting to use the phone. It's William Castle. (laughs) I love to see him and he looks so happy.
1: I'm sure he was thrilled to be in it. That's true.
0: He's like, I may not again to direct this thing. (laughs) But that was another aspect of the curse that they had said his daughter talked about Mm -hmm. was, I guess he got a lot of death threats and shit after this film came out. Right. Because I guess obviously they said for bringing the devil back into the world (laughs) or something. And then he also got like really bad kidney stones and stuff. A lot of things that people are attributing to a curse. I think maybe he should have drank more water. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real curse is dehydration. Mm -hmm. This is your reminder. (laughs) (laughs) But Rosemary arrives at the office, tipping the taxi driver extra to watch and wait until she's made it inside.
1: I appreciated her being cautious. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Once inside, Rosemary tells Hill everything. The plans, the Sabbaths, the coven... She even suspects that they made a deal with Guy, promising him success if he gave them their baby. She also thinks Guy has a mark on him, hidden by him recently wearing pajamas to bed that signifies his membership in the coven. This is just speculation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Objection, Your Honor, and speculation. But she shows Hill the books and tells him what happened to Donald Baumgart and Hutch. She even posits that Guy was called home early to steal one of Hutch's belongings so that they could cast the spell on him.
1: I mean, that's all. It sounds like she has completely lost her mind.
0: That's what is such a bummer, because there are some readings of this film that say that she did.
1: I don't think so. I don't think so
0: either, especially with what happens later. Yeah. Yeah. But Dr. Hill seems to believe her story, even though he doesn't believe in witchcraft. He's also surprised to hear of the involvement of Dr. Saperstein. He's like, I saw him on Dr. Oz last week. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it seemed like he was buying into it. And then he was like, who was it? And she says, Dr. Saperstein. Yeah. He fucking stops writing. That's when yeah. I was like. You've
2: lost. Yeah. Him. And oh, no,
0: yeah. when he asks, she looks nervous like he stopped believing her. Yeah. But then it seems like he still does.
2: Yeah. I know she's hoping somebody will believe her and he seems like that. But it just seems too good to be true right now. I'm like, he's, he's helping, but like you said, when he stopped writing, I, was, I thought the same thing. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I was yeah. very nervous.
0: But he tells an overjoyed Rosemary that he'll take her to Mount Sinai this evening and takes her to an exam room for her to rest. He closes the door behind him as he leaves, kind of giving a look that I don't trust. No. But Rosemary tells her baby that everything will be Okay. She then rises up to count the money in her purse and calls the coven monsters when she rediscovers the bottle of pills that she put in there. She then falls asleep. In a dream, she imagines herself with her baby, surrounded by her friends who are happy to finally meet him. But when she wakes up, the light blinds her as Dr. Hill opens the door. She's like, I was just sleeping, but we see that he's letting in Guy and Dr. Saperstein.
1: God damn it, I knew it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Saperstein tells her to come with them and keep it quiet or they'll put her in a mental hospital.
1: Dr. Hill, you son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was surprised that she didn't like lunge at Hill on the way out.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: Motherf- She should have.
0: But she just lets that go and puts her shoes on as they force her out. And they tell Dr. Hill that she's fine now and she just needs some rest. Like she was getting rest. Yeah. yeah. You woke me up. I'm not Rosemary. I don't know why I said <laughs> that. <laughs> But Rosemary is put in a car driven by Dr. Shand and sat between her husband and Saperstein. Not a word spoken as they head back to the Bramford.
2: Now, I get the whole threat of sending me somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Right. Because those people will probably take care of me. Yeah.
1: Unless they're in on it, too. I wouldn't trust anybody.
0: Well, oh. they know two doctors. No,
1: so. yeah. Two? <laughs> two?
0: Two? Two doctors? But
2: you're on the street. Just start screaming. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get it. Okay, yeah, listen to you, whatever. But when people start to come, when police start to come, please separate me from them. Please get me away. These men are trying to abduct me. It doesn't matter how crazy you sound in that police department. Now somebody's going to take notice. If I go missing or something happens, you're fucked Mm -hmm. because I'm with you and they see you. But the way the men act in this fucking movie, (laughs) I mean, nobody's going to believe that. Oh, you stupid woman. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they don't see things that way. But once they arrive back at the Bramford, they're greeted by Diego. But Rosemary slyly snags her keys, dropping all of her other belongings as a way of a diversion. Yeah. And she sneaks onto the elevator alone and heads upstairs. She rushes to her apartment out of breath, barely making it inside before Guy and Saperstein catch up with her. She shuts and locks the door, but Guy opens it, only the chain keeping them separated. She screams that he promised the coven the baby, but he denies it. She tells them both to go away, finally able to close the door and lock it properly. She rushes to their bedroom and calls Elise on the phone only to get the babysitter. Her back to the door, she pleads with the babysitter to get Elise to call her back when she returns. But almost comically in the background. Very
1: comically. (laughs) Not almost. Not almost.
0: We see coven members sneaking around like fucking (laughs) Scooby-Doo. It was the cartoon tiptoe for me. The hands are even up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But after she gets off the phone, Guy and several members of the coven creep in, promising to do her no harm as Saperstein readies a mild sedative. Guy promises he'd never do anything to hurt her, but before he can even finish that sentence, Rosemary throws the phone at him.
1: Oh, good. (laughs)
0: She makes a very pointless attempt to get away because she is completely surrounded and she's held down to the bed by everyone there and shot up with the sedative, a rag thrown in her mouth to keep her from screaming. But Saperstein discovers that she's going into labor. Guide takes a call on the phone from Elise and he's like, "Mm, yes, Rosemary's not here right now. (laughs) (laughs) And he says that she'll call her back. It's so fucked (laughs) up, dude.
1: Why didn't you even answer? (laughs) You
0: didn't have to. No shit. Just extra being a dick, dude. Extra fuckery.
1: She can't come to the phone (laughs) right now.
0: She's Jigsaw now. (laughs) But before Rosemary slips into unconsciousness, she apologizes to her baby and begs for forgiveness. This was a little too dramatic for me. Yeah, it, a lot. A yeah. lot of it is dramatic because she's like because she has names picked out for yeah. a boy or yeah, a girl. Yeah. yeah, and I can't remember the names, but she's like Jimmy or Sarah. I, yeah, I'm <laughs> so sorry. I, please forgive me. I, and then she passes out. It's I like, just don't understand on, man.
2: why she. I get they took her back over there, but why wouldn't you try to find a back way out or try to find somewhere like you went to barricade your yourself into your apartment that they know the inside and outs of?
0: Yeah, I mean they stuck in with ease. Yeah, why why did you do that?
2: She didn't uh, barricade it. She she. Just well, you know, I door. mean, oh, yeah, <laughs> she didn't even. You know yeah. what I mean? You went and hid in there like they weren't gonna find you.
0: And you wonder again. This is why that dresser was in front of that door. Yeah. Yes. I think they killed that old woman.
1: Yeah. I, that's one of the things that I walked away questioning was what the fuck happened there.
0: I Part of me thinks that she wanted out of whatever's about to happen. And so they put her in a coma like Hutch. Oh, But when Rosemary wakes up, she finds Guy sitting at her bedside. He simply says, hi. <laughs>
1: man. I am just the fucking audacity of this man. That's unbelievable. Is a whole new level. Oh, no, yeah.
0: She asks if the baby is all right, and he says that it is, and that the baby is a boy. She's assured once again that the baby is all right and falls back asleep. But when she wakes up again, she startles the absolute shit out of Laura Louise and asks where her baby is. Laura Louise heads out, but it's Guy and Saperstein who return with terrible news. There were complications, but nothing that will affect future births. Bullshit. Yes.
1: Because... Wouldn't he have led with that when she woke up the first time? You would think so. Bullshit.
0: He says that their baby is dead and that if they were at the hospital, he could have done something about it, but she wouldn't listen. Oh, man. (laughs) That is not what happened, Dr. Saperstein. Nope. I was being conned into thinking I was going to Mount Sinai. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I was on my way to the hospital.
0: (laughs) But Guy reassures her that they can try again soon. Saperstein saying even in a few months...
1: If you think you're getting anywhere near me ever again, yeah. you're out of your yeah. fucking mind. Try again.
0: Well, he he hasn't been kicked out of the apartment yet or oh, anything. Oh man,
1: yeah. fuck <laughs> off.
0: He has been testing the water so much, he is like nip deep in it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Rosemary screams that they're lying and that the baby is alive and they took it. Guy holds her down and Saperstein gets a syringe ready. But later, Guy gives Rosemary a pill, saying that Saperstein says she had something called pre-partum and went right out of her mind. He says that he knows she thought Minnie and Roman were witches, but is tickled by the fact that she thought he and Saperstein were part of it, too. Rosemary quietly sips her soup as Guy forecasts their bright future. Paramount and Universal are interested in him, and soon they'll blow this popsicle stand for Beverly Hills, a mansion, a pool, kids, all of it. But as he turns to leave, Rosemary asks if she can see his shoulder to look for a mark. He takes off his shirt, showing both of his shoulders to be naked of any mark aside from some freckles.
1: It's the gaslighting for me.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I just. Uh... And then the the to talk about your career right now.
0: Yeah. Like
2: <laughs> I just. Well, he can't fucking but... tells her to move on.
0: Yeah. He I does. Know. I
2: was like. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> he's like, there. I, I was getting so angry every time. I was like, "Dude, are you fucking Pharrell?" Uh huh. I was like, "That's that's your old lady, man." I was like, "What do you what?" I understand, me. You know, oh, I want to be famous, and I want. to Okay, yeah. yeah, you know, we all do, but that's <laughs> yeah, not the that's way not, you go about no. it. Yeah, you Sh- don't do that.
0: She has been through so much. Yeah, and he's like, and they're talking about letting me play Spider Man. Yeah, I was like, wait, it's like <laughs> what the up. fuck, dude? This is not the time. Shut up. <laughs> But sometime later, Rosemary watches the weather report on the television from her bed, but is interrupted by the sound of a crying infant coming from the Castavette's apartment. She turns off the air conditioner and hears it even more clearly. Miss Gilmore, played by Hope Summers, comes in with a tray and, when asked, says that she doesn't hear anything and tells Rosemary to get back in bed and take her pill.
1: Do you really think that I can't hear a yeah. whole ass baby? Yeah.
0: It's clearly a baby. No, yeah. I- <laughs> Like, oh, they're watching TV. Dr. Saperstein's delivering a baby. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Not live. Yes. And why are we not questioning who the fuck all these people are coming in and out of her room and feeding her and bringing her
0: shit? They're neighbors. Come on, man. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. I'm naive. But Rosemary does get back into bed and Mrs. Gilmore turns the air conditioner back on. As she does this, we see Rosemary hide the pill away. I also noticed a pump on her tray. Mm -hmm. And... At the next pill time, Laura Louise takes the tray away with milk that Rosemary has pumped. Right. Yeah. Laura Louise tells her that she's going to throw the milk away and tells Rosemary to take her pill, which she pretends to do.
1: Okay, Paul Sheldon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) She's going to put it in her wine. Yeah. (laughs) But Guy returns saying that new people moved in on the eighth floor and Rosemary asks if they have a baby because she heard it crying. Before the tray is taken away, Rosemary puts a dirty spoon in the milk, and Laura Louise is like, no! Yeah. Rosemary asks why, and she tells her, uh, it's, ju- it's just a little messy.
1: Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even a good lie. No. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what's messy? Yeah. yeah. Nothing spilled. <laughs> it's so bad. But we see Rosemary's pill stash, which is basically holding up a shelf.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's noticed. But now alone in the apartment, Rosemary puts her shoes on and heads over to that long ago hidden closet. As music builds, she removes all the towels and the shelves. She pushes the wall and it opens a door. Shutting off a light, she peers through a keyhole to find the Castavet's apartment. She arms herself with a kitchen knife and before she can make it back to the closet, she narrowly misses being caught by Guy who returns home for some ice. After he leaves, she rushes back to the closet knife at the ready. She makes it through to the Castavets apartment and on the wall to the right sees a massive painting of a church burning to the ground. She repeats to herself, Got her too high. She makes her way through the apartment, stumbling upon the entire coven, including people we haven't met, having a great time in the living room. They all notice her. And Laura Louise screams. Yeah. She didn't need to do that. <laughs> she didn't. She
1: did no. I can't stand this lady. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's awful. But Minnie and Roman, who are supposed to be out of town, try to calm her, and she tells them to shut up. They're in Dubrovnik, and she can't hear them. I'm like, this is not the time yeah. for snark. I mean,
1: it's always the time for snark. Okay. I liked it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but she makes her way over to a large black bassinet, draped in black curtains with an upside-down crucifix hanging from it. She looks back at the coven, noticing a painting of Adrian Mercado on the mantle. She pulls the curtain back, peering inside and holding her hand over her mouth in terror. She asks, What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? Roman says, He has his father's eyes. This made me laugh because Rosemary's like, Guy's eyes are normal, yeah. I don't
2: <laughs> Well I, it's him looking down yeah. with his hand over his eyes. Guy's like, Oh yeah. It's like yeah. don't be ashamed now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I don't think we need Maury to tell us that Guy's not the yeah, father. No, no. Shit. But the the <laughs> what have you done to its eyes? He's got his father's eyes. I already knew that line yeah. and right. it still gave me goosebumps. Yeah,
0: it's terrifying somehow. Right. Even though it's old hat at this yeah, point. Yeah, but Rosemary calls the coven maniacs, and Roman tells her everything. Satan is the boy's father, not Guy. He came up from hell and begat a son of mortal woman. Satan is his father, and his name is Adrian. He'll overthrow the mighty and redeem the despised and wreak vengeance in the name of the burned and the tortured. Goddamn! Like, Fucking hell! I, yeah. I really
1: thought that it would be a little more veiled because yeah, this yeah. movie is. Uh huh in the fucking 60s, yes. I thought it would be a little more like mystical, like, oh, were they talking about Satan? Yeah, but no, yeah, they're yeah, like, no, no it's yeah. Satan.
0: <laughs> yeah, because cries of Hail Satan yeah. ring out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's nice and all what he's saying, but it, can he come and like be dad? Because guy sucks. Oh, he's horrible. Can we get yeah, Satan we need up here? <laughs> to, yeah, because maybe he'll be a
0: better father and husband because this dude sucks. No, he is. Uh, we're talking father figures here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will say I totally agree because for some reason I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, it's the sixties. They're probably going to be a little more vague about right, it. Right. But as soon as they get into this scene and it is just on front street, yeah. yep. it's shocking in 2022. Yeah. But they cry hail Satan and hail Adrian and Minnie reminds her that out of everyone on Earth, Satan chose her to be this boy's mother.
1: Minnie, if you don't shut the fuck up.
0: Well, but, I mean, she puts a bow on it. No. Yeah. <laughs> she says he arranged everything for it to happen. I would feel important. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Roman continues hyping up Satan. He he says he spits a rhyme and I laugh yeah. every time. <laughs> he's like the stronger of the strong, his reign will be longer than long. I'm yeah. like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Roman's got bars. Said yeah. he's all beatboxing. <laughs> it's like you're hurting the cause, dude. Yeah, Please like, stop. Like, it's like yeah, sit it's like, down, yeah. dude. <laughs> but Rosemary screams that it can't be true, and Minnie's like, "Go look at his hands." Yeah. I I laughed at her saying that. I will say that Rosemary's shrieks and everything kind of don't work for me. Yeah, completely. Me either. I just feel like the way that it's acted is not what I was hoping for.
2: I think the the thing for me about this was that it, it was it was it felt almost like a stage play. Exactly, and that doesn't translate good on screen. This maybe yeah. going to see this in the theater. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I could see I, that. But on on the silver screen, nah, nah, it's
0: not It's not working for I me. I Agree, hundred percent. But Rosemary drops the knife, crying, oh, God. Roman screams, God is dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's like, bitch, do you not
3: yeah. see what we're doing here?
0: But he says, Satan lives. The year is won. The shouts of Hail Satan and Hail Adrian continue as Minnie retrieves the knife from the floor, annoyed at the mark it left in the wood.
1: Yes, uh, as yeah. always.
0: That was such a great character moment. Yes. But Roman appeals to Rosemary, asking her to help them and be a real mother to Adrian. She doesn't have to join the coven. She just has to be a mother to her baby. He says Minnie and Laura Louise are too old and it wouldn't be right. He tells her to think about it and walks away. Hayato, played by Ernest Harada, smiles at her and fiddles with his camera as she begins to cry. It made me laugh the way he was like, huh? I'm taking pictures, (laughs) man. This is a momentous occasion. But she once again says, oh, God, Laura Louise is like, well, you can't with the fucking oh, God, shit." Yeah. she what didn't a, say that. But what what a a bitch, no. Yeah. man! But it makes me laugh because she says that she'll <laughs> she goes, if you don't stop that, we'll kill you. Milk or no milk. It's like, oh, my yeah. God, we don't need it. Yeah. Another woman is like, why don't you shut up and show Adrian's mother some respect?
2: Yeah. That's I mean, she's right. Yeah, if, that's fair. If I was Rosemary, would have been like, I, let me kill her. yeah i'll (laughs) I'll do whatever the fuck she's gotta go because of what she just said yeah i was like no she's gotta go like
0: that was disrespectful yeah
1: and that scream when i walked in was real obnoxious like you've (laughs) kind of been on my list since
2: then
0: everyone else was pretty chill i don't like her
2: glasses
0: (laughs) (laughs) but argoran stavropoulos a young man played by sebastian brook walks in bearing gifts and is greeted warmly by the coven and introduced to adrian by roman now, from what I read, this is supposed to be a stand in for Onassis, the guy that Jackie Kennedy would go on to marry. Oh, no. so I, I it's very interesting to me. I don't know if he's supposed to be just representing a figure of stature because mm-hmm. this dude was rich as fuck. Right. And so it's saying like the coven is reached, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is the child of the devil. It's kind of a big deal. It is yeah. a big deal. <laughs> but Guy tries to appeal to Rosemary saying that he promised she wouldn't be hurt and she hasn't been
1: thou shalt not speak to me (laughs) i would oh my god knock his teeth out
0: and she has been hurt yes yeah but he says this is the same as if she had the baby and lost it and they're getting so much in return she promptly spits in his face oh yeah good before he can leave roman introduces himself to Arguron. Minnie brings rosemary some tea assuring her that it's not tannis or any other fuckery it's just lipton or whatever yeah (laughs) (laughs) Rosemary hears Adrian crying as Laura Louise jostles the bassinet, an upside-down crucifix jostling from the rough rocking.
1: Who rocks a baby like that? What the fuck are you doing? (laughs)
0: It's I've never (laughs) seen. (laughs) That was
1: crazy.
0: Rosemary walks over, telling her that she's doing it too forcefully. Laura Louise does not take it very well at all. But Roman steps in and tells her to go over with the others. Annoyed and reluctant, she does.
1: She sticks her tongue out at her.
0: She's a fucking child, dude but Roman tells Rosemary to rock her son. She says that he's trying to get her to be his mother, and he asks, aren't you his mother? Everyone gathers around as after a moment, Rosemary makes her way over to the bassinet. They all watch, Saperstein joining the fray and Hayoto taking pictures. Rosemary stares almost lovingly into the bassinet, rocking it and soothing her son with a rub. Her eyes are red and she appears to be almost broken, but resigned in her role as Adrian's mother. The opening lullaby begins to play as the camera ascends above the Bramford. We fade to black, and the credits roll. So, what did you guys think of Rosemary's Baby?
2: I did enjoy this movie. It was yeah. very frustrating for the most part of it, um, but it was just because like, I wanted rosemary to i'm like you see what's going on you understand yeah but then she didn't do anything about it and then guy i was like oh my god dude i was like what the fuck (sighs) Mm -hmm. it was it's i know it was a good movie and i can't even be like oh it was all right because i was mad the whole time (laughs) and it wasn't frustration or anger of me like, this movie sucks. It was me with the characters. I was like, please do something. Uh-huh. Why are you allowing this to go on? Why are you not looking at everything that's happening in front of you? You know what's happening. Do something, please. Yeah. And it never happening. It was just like one thing after the fucking other. Um, the end, like we talked about, her acting, you know what I mean? It was a little much. Yeah. Uh, the The beginning of the movie seemed uh, not funny, but comical. Like, it was like... Uh, it some of the edits the dubbing when she's talking to her when they're washing the dishes uh-huh. she's not saying any of that like the lady <laughs> is just looking forward washing the, her mouth never moves but she's talking mm-hmm. and it's it's some of the cuts like i was like this is fucking hilarious <laughs> um but the movie is good i if you've never seen it i'd recommend watching it the, it is very disturbing not in a frightening way but like this is fucked up you yeah. know what i mean yes um but I, I I did enjoy the movie.
1: No, I agree. I really really liked it. It's not. I know a lot of people think it's or feel it's their opinion, right? <laughs> that it's uh, perfect. It wasn't perfect for me, right? But it is. I would say really phenomenal mm-hmm. for what it's able to convey. I mean, even at the ending, we don't see what happens. But right. We right. know what happens. Mm-hmm. I I think there's so much to be said about a mother's love in this. Right. About women's autonomy over their own body. And unfortunately that's still a conversation that we have to have in, in fucking 2022 Mm -hmm. that a lot of the time it's men telling us what we need or what we should be doing or what we can and can't do. I mean, it's, it is sad.
0: It almost makes the story even more relevant now than it's ever been. Exactly.
1: And how fucked up is that? Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a really important film, not only for the the horror not only for the horror genre but just period
3: mm-hmm.
1: if you haven't seen it i would definitely watch it because even if you feel like you already know what it is yeah it's something else experiencing it and i am really glad that we covered it because like i said i thought i had watched it but i definitely yeah. didn't, i definitely have never seen this there were moments where i was so angry like you said mm-hmm. i that has to be a testament you know or a a tick in the good column right, because right. i was fucking furious no, yeah. yeah and there were moments where i was sick to my stomach where i was worried where i was just indignant mm. i mean that it i really just the gamut right, of emotions right. yeah but uh i think this is a really important film and i liked it I'm glad- <laughs>
0: <laughs> i really really love this film i think it's very bold especially at the time that it was made for sure I think that the greatest thing about it, aside from you know all the the filmmaking aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, the story, etc., is the rewatch value. Yeah, because when you look at it, you see all these small moments that just seem a little weird. Right. But then everything falls into place once you know. Yeah, right. like I mean, down to you got Terry's note that she left, that the writing was only confirmed by Minnie and roman yeah. Yeah. who probably wrote it yeah you know what i mean uh-huh. and so it's stuff like that or even whenever hutch is there and he comes in guy does he left right after because he was leaving to the castavets to take them the glove yeah. yeah and then he left after again because they were going to go do the coven magic yeah. Yeah. so it's like that's the ice cream <laughs> it <Yeah. is> <laughs> but it's just like these little things that they keep you know you coming back to see the wheels in motion behind mm-hmm. the scenes And that was kind of what I was referring to earlier with what Roger Ebert said, where he said the horror isn't in the real surprise of what happens to Rosemary. It's knowing what's going to happen, the inevitability of it, and then seeing it actually happen. Yeah. Because they play their hand very early. Yes. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And by the time we get to it, you see that everything that she feared is true. And it's even worse than she thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 very remarkable. I will say it's also interesting the commentary that they're making on the dynamics of women mm-hmm. in relationships. And like you said, the autonomy. Yeah. Also, I guess maybe even counterculture with the Satanist being a stand in. Yeah. Potentially and maybe not even a stand in. Potentially being Satanist, yeah. I don't right. know. <laughs> you know. So I mean, there's just a lot to be said here, especially at the time it came out, and it is heartbreaking that it is still relevant. Yeah, but I, I I enjoy this movie a lot. But I guess that can lead us into ratings. I love the performances for the most part. I love the music, the cinematography, the production design, the story. I'm a big fan of the slow burn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like JP said, it kind of starts out. You're like, well, it feels, if you know nothing about Rosemary's baby, you're like, this is like a romantic uh, comedy drama. Right. Yeah. You know? And then as it continues, you're like, that was the worst nightmare I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it just keeps getting worse. Um, The ending though, is what I think, aside from her nightmare, is one of the most iconic things in horror history. Yeah. And you have to, respect that they had the guts to do that and the fact that it helped inspire so many films in the future to go that far yeah and i'm just amazed and very happy uh but as far as the negatives are concerned some of mia farrow's line delivery i feel like it doesn't work for me but my biggest complaint is the lack of subtlety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big t- like I would love for them to have not have heard a coven chanting within the first 15. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like imagine how much more you'd be surprised if they weren't clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Being Shady witches. As fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but out- I mean, outside of that, I, I really do love this movie. Um, but for me out of 10 toxic Tannis charms, I am going to give Rosemary's baby 9.5 toxic Tannis charms out of 10. I think that what ups this for me is the rewatch value aside from it being just a great and well-made film going back and seeing all these pieces in action. It's kind of frightening, right? Yeah, but I am happy with that score. Yeah, and I will now open the floor to you.
2: Um, I, I did enjoy this movie and I, uh, I don't know if I can go that high with it. Okay, oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I, and I don't even want to say it's a problem. But I think for me, the rewatchability is like, do I want to get angry? Oh, or do I? You know what I mean? And and like I said. That goes to show how good the movie is. Yeah. Because the characters in the movie are pissing me off, not the movie, but the actions they're taking in the movie. So I know the movie's good because I'm invested in this, and I'm just getting angry with what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, but but the, it's the slow burn. It's it it's is. very it's very longer than it needs to be. Um, I don't want to say shorten it a lot, but maybe you don't need those fifteen minutes. But I mean, other than that, I did enjoy the movie, and I do feel like if you've never seen it, watch it. Mm-hmm. Even if like, and I know I've said it with the few, with a couple of movies already, but even if it's just that once, you know what I mean. You, like you said, it's an experience. Yes. Watch it. You know what I mean? Because uh, it is something to watch. Hmm. Um. But I. But I do. I would recommend this movie, but just be prepared to be angry. Like. Uh, <laughs> But for me, on a scale from one to ten, toxic tennis charms. I'm gonna give Rosemary's Baby a seven. All right. I I like I said, it just it was the length, and then some of the kind of the acting, and yeah. I was like, man, this is just. And then just the frustration. Like I said, it was more. Please, you know what's happening? Get out of there! Mm-hmm. And you, she never did. No. So I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what the fuck? But it is a good movie.
1: Yeah, no, there were definitely frustrating moments where I know that everybody watching is screaming at the TV. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's when it's kind of like a little bit, and then if you wisen up, it's like, okay, I get mm-hmm. it. But she was doing it and then she wisened up and then she started doing it again. Yes. Which was mm-hmm. which was pretty frustrating. Oh yeah. I will agree, and I love a slow burn. This is very fucking long. Yeah. Like two hours and fifteen minutes. There are some movies that it kind of flies by. Mm-hmm. This one, it felt
0: Oh, Two no, hours yeah. and
1: 15 minutes.
0: I will say that the first watch I did whenever I was writing the outline felt like a million years, but whenever <laughs> I <laughs> million years. Whenever I rewatched it just to watch it, it did seem to flow a lot better. Okay. Yeah. So I would recommend watching it again mm-hmm. without having to do show work.
1: Right. I, I can see that.
0: And not saying that there isn't some stuff that needs to be no. cut. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <because>
0: <laughs> there's still some stuff that could be cut.
1: But I really did love... Most of this, I will agree with some of the overacting or some of the, uh, choices, I guess that were made. I feel like it was an interesting choice to play Rosemary. So childlike, but it's the only thing that gives some of her actions credence. Like it's the right. only way that she could be, that would make any sense.
0: Like innocence. Exactly.
1: Right. Um, like you said, I was, I was fuming for mm-hmm. a lot of it. Every time guy was on screen, I was just seeing red. Oh like, no, yeah, I was so fucking mad. <laughs> I will say that my favorite part probably is Minnie. Yes. That performance is so (laughs) fucking funny and so good. Mm -hmm. And I know I just said recently that feeling of everybody being in on something and you being on the outside. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's so isolating and terrifying to me. And this really had it on steroids. Right. It was was a lot.
0: The paranoia of it. Oh, yeah.
1: And to be right in your paranoia. I mean, it's just... It's super fucked up. Uh, Like I had said before, I feel like there's so much messaging here that is so important Mm -hmm. and still so unbelievably relevant that it's heartbreaking. But with all that being said, on a scale from one to 10 toxic Tannis charms. You got it. (laughs) Good. (laughs) I gave Rosemary's Baby a nine out of 10. Okay. I feel like for all the nip and not all of it is nitpicky some mm. of it i just don't like yeah for all of that that there is i feel like the messaging is so important even if it is you know under an allegory if it is an allegory for you know Satanists or yeah. uh, wh- yeah, yeah. whatever was trying to be done here it spoke to me on a deeper level than what we were watching but like i said before i feel like it is incredibly important and mm-hmm. it should be watched
0: you know what just hit me is like they, okay, so I know that Ira Levin apparently was like an agnostic. He didn't believe in anything one way or the mm-hmm. other. But he really did kind of mimic like the birth of Christ a little bit. Yeah. Because you have like the Holy Ghost or whatever doing, yeah. doing whatever he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, And then you even have after the birth, like people coming in and bringing the gifts. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Like is fucking Argyron, like a uh, three wise men. Yeah. I'm sure. A one wise man. Yeah. Only one? <laughs> but I just think that it's so well-crafted it kind of makes up for those shortcomings. Mm-hmm. But I can also 100% see how this could be too slow for someone completely. Yeah, For sure. And then it would just put them out. Like, when are we going to get to the baby? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Rosemary's Baby and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the ThePodmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke and at Real Streeter 84 Please consider pledging to our Patreon, and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, if you ever feel like your life is spiraling out of control, the company you keep might be the root of the problem. Until next time. Thank you so much for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Gitter patrons. Woo!
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Antaveras, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itsy M., Gary Horton, Amanda Aliff, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Nicholas Carter, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, and Adrian Stakes.
1: Hey!
0: Thank you all so much.
1: Yes, thank you all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate all of you, and we just want to say, Hail, Hail Patrons! Patrons! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you're not the devil or anything. That's no, what? like Hydra. Yes. Right. Exactly. No. Wait. What? No. Not like, no not like Hydra. I don't know enough about this though. Oh, no. <laughs> Until next time.